0: This is Jonah Hill, and you're listening to the only podcast that matters. Before we
1: get to the guest of honor, Larry, hit him with that ad we did keep those lights on. As always, the only podcast that matters is brought to you by Seasons, a members-only rental service for designer menswear. They are our friends, they are our families, they are our colleagues. Jimmy and Larry have been getting absolutely fitted on the gram, thanks to Seasons. You might have seen James healing, yeah. <laughs> most recently. How how did that what was, how that turn out for you?
0: By the way, uh, I'm I'm proud to be the owner and proprietor of the most divisive fit pick in human history. And yeah. you know what? I'm just here having fun. What the fuck
1: are you, what are you guys doing? <laughs> are you talking? You're just asking generally Yeah, not the me. general you. Yeah. Cause what I'm doing is I am actually, and this is great. Cause this is a, what a natural plug to talk about. One thing I love about seasons. I'm in between bags right now. So I got a bag coming through. So I'm just like in that kind of like giddy school girl, like Christmas Eve, you know, that's my zone right now. Cause it basically felt like I just copped, Three grails without actually having to cop any johns you know what i'm saying um yeah. so i'm super psyched can't wait to uh put some fits together get in the laboratory like dexter and and cook up um my shit you know my shit it's all hits no misses so i don't know i'm not really worried about all devices. tops <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not really uh worried about a divisive reaction um and honestly if anyone wants to uh, to come at me i'm just gonna block you and delete so i don't <laughs> really give a fuck um but uh yeah super psyched uh, are you what's in your anything in your bag anything yeah Shout no out. i just got i just I like got it.
0: some drees archive i just just got nice. some hater Ackerman archive velvet pants. Hi haters, I see you. <laughs> but uh no, a little birdie told me that the next tu- the next pack to touchdown on the seasons app is a whole grit of vintage tees, which is honestly some of the best because you never know how a vintage is gonna fit, right? Because sure. like, it's, oh. you know, it's not a standard, you uh, know, it's not a standard sizing or anything. So I'm fucking stoked. I want the Bon Jovi <laughs> joint. I want the Iron Maiden joint because we're still He's teenage wanted, dirt bags.
1: Wanted. Yes, yeah, so that's that's coming, that's touching down soon, any minute shit. now. Awesome all right, shout out seasons thank you guys again for sponsoring the show use promo code throwing fits no space at checkout for twenty five percent off your first order Jim how do i spell that shit T h r o w i n g f i t s. throwing fits no spaces all under all lowercase um twenty five under caps off, <laughs> yeah all under caps um uh twenty five percent off your first order you can fucking book it seasons Better way to rent, bitch.
0: Throw gang, we are joined by the head honchos of HBO, Don Dottas of the desk, Titans of the trade, Stonks! princes of the pen. Don't cry for me, Abita. The kings of ketamine, lords of liquidity, creating shows so sick the Bloomberg is terminal. MVPs of the S&P, the barbarians are at the gate, meleges of leverage. IPO, it's magic, you know. Sultans of the script leading a hostile takeover takeover of your eyeballs. Are you ready to bite the head off a podcast? The co-creators and writers of industry, Mickey Down and Conrad K. Lads, thank you for joining us. Welcome.
2: Oh, thanks for that introduction. Oh, fucking I hell. need, to, I need
1: to, yeah. take, I want to take over. We're kind of like writers ourselves, you know. Most people think that this is like a shock jock thing, but James and I are actually extremely surgical when it comes to the pen ourselves. Guys, <laughs> we're so excited to have you. The first thing that we want to do before we get into the show and you absolutely ruin Your careers. We want to walk the audience at home through your outfits in a fit check. The question for you guys each is if you want to start bottom up or top down. And let's start with Conrad because he actually follows me back on Instagram and Twitter. So I like you better.
3: (laughs) The right right answer is bottom up, isn't it? Yes, sir. Not a Bobby. Not a Bobby. Bobby. (laughs) I know that much. I've actually got the. the what i call the perennial pandemic shoes on, which are the uh the boston's oh mm. nice hell yeah living in these to be honest because like i mean they're i only discovered them like four months ago and they're like i mean i wear them constantly i wear them like to the shower i wear them to the shops like you i mean, feel like I so inside and outside yeah dude yeah of course they're, they're ridiculous they're like the best thing i've ever owned i can't believe i discovered them so late um Trousers, socks, 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 and supreme. You know, the Haynes stuff. My sister bought them for me for Christmas. Yeah. I think I'm probably, I don't know, I feel like I'm maybe a bit too old to wear them, but I kind of <laughs> love them. Wait, how old are you? I'm 30, about 30, to be 33. Yeah, you're okay. Well, well I'm
1: 34 yeah. and I wear supreme, so you better not be too old because <laughs> what does you're that say five, about me? You're okay. both 20 years too old for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, pants. What am I wearing with trousers? Uh, Stone Island. Ooh, I can't I Enough. I'm gonna um, go hooligan down the street after this at the yeah, local. Big, like very big pockets for like keys and you know like AR fifteen magazine clips or whatever. <laughs> like, they're, they're deployment trousers is how I describe them. Yeah. Uh, then on the top, uh I've got a basic rights t-shirt on, which is our friend's uh fashion label in uh London, a guy called Jack and our friend Freddie runs that business. And then my jacket is a Korean brand called Uniform Bridge, who I really like. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Very very no. good. No, we have not. No, my hoodie, not. my hoodie is uh, what is my hoodie? It's a it's a scouse like, uh, skate brand from Liverpool called Lost Art that I really Ooh. really like. Really really hey, good. What about
1: the friendship bracelet? Oh, yeah, and the friendship oh, yeah. bracelet. We have industry one season, industry season one friendship bracelet on as well. Oh wow, who made those? <laughs> is that like a homemade type thing or?
2: I don't know. Well, I, one of our directors got one for us, and they 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 both fell off and and lost in the different circumstances. And so we got them remade um, in a higher
0: quality. Yeah, it's exactly. adorable. Yeah, it's <laughs> super cute, guys. Yeah. Uh, and Conrad, what are the panties?
3: Yeah. Oh, um, they're supreme as well, actually. My sister bought me like an underwear set.
1: I love your sister already, man. <laughs> yeah, I could I, tell I, that her, her and I would get along <laughs> swimmingly. it taste. got really yeah. good taste. I might have asked them, but I'm not going to tell anybody that. <laughs> and then Conrad, are you sipping on something a little tasty? What are you drinking? I've
3: got a little um, punk IPA
1: very very nice a bit bit too much flavor for what i normally like but i i I can deal with it okay all right that is one half of a complete fit check let's toss it to mickey you sir top down bottom up up to you i'll go i'll go go bottom up as well since love that quick learners these gucci
3: damn
2: all right which were actually me and conrad did this thing when we were writing the show is there was there was more times that we thought it was shit than we thought it was good. But whenever we thought it was good, so say if we had like a good piece of, you know, we saw a good daily or like we wrote a good scene, we'd be like, well, we're going to be millionaires, obviously. So <laughs> right, sure, obviously. That's really expensive. So this was these this was the product of one of those days. I, probably the next day, I probably realized that I made a huge
1: mistake. Can you it. name one New York Yankee? Uh, Derek Jeter. <laughs> <laughs> A current New kind York Yankee. Yeah.
2: Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> who's, okay. who's, who's,
1: who's
3: the guy? Who's who? Who's Jennifer Lopez's partner? That's A Rod. He also is not a current player. <laughs> 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 but who's the cheat? Who's the like pick <laughs> <the, like, laughs> on That's A Rod. Yeah, that's, that's, but he uh, redeemed.
0: He redeemed himself. He's now America's sweetheart. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah,
2: we're behind the curve on that shit. Mm. Who's the one that didn't Terajinta used to like give a party bag to women back? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay, yes, yes, a gift bag, which honestly, that's a classy move. So yeah. and apparently when he would uh when he would have sex, he would say, Yeah, jeets yeah, yeah, jeets <laughs> He would so, cheer himself on. Yeah. That's that's just self Self-love. Okay, so Mickey, we have on the Gucci, are those leather slides? What are they? Mules? Yeah, leather slippers. Okay. Um,
2: and, and then yeah, the socks. Yeah, the socks are also Gucci. Of course, are you, they are. Are you full I, Gucci? I to, are you full yeah, he, Gucci? Had to tell. And that's because it's from. It, it was just Conrad got um, socks for Christmas as well. And it's like I feel like it's one of those things that like you used to get when you were younger, and it wasn't cool. And now you get
1: you only want to get when you're older for Christmas. And my well, sister, if they're Gucci or Supreme Hanes, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But if it's some bullshit that your mom got you, it's just <laughs> as bad as it was ten years ago, you know. <laughs>
2: um. Uh. Trousers are Gucci. Yeah. Are Are you? Are you? But we'll get you're, to- you're obviously the diva. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's for you guys. Come on. Sure, okay. sure, I was, sure. I was like, my wife is like, are you going to wear all of that? And I was like, yeah, why not? And I saw that. damn like, motherfucking right. That team you put up today, which is like, you know, the fit is
0: whatever. If. if
1: oh, uh, yeah. Is this like, a clue
0: that Jared Leto is going to be on season two of Industry? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I'll leave that open for you. Fingers crossed. Uh, and then is it just the Gucci? Like, is that a, is that a vintage Gucci jumper up top? The a gift as well. It's actually a gift from a guy. Um,
2: <laughs> which, uh, well, it was my birthday, Katie. Gift. Yeah, Katie gave it to you. Um, it's not, it's actually, it's quite new. Um, it's again, beautiful. Thank you. And then underneath, so these are like, these are like um, canvas joggers.
1: Yeah, it's, the, it's the, the monogram all over print. If anyone wants to have a mental image at home. That's right. I'm wearing a Gucci oh wow come on man. <laughs> um, man dude you are draped up and dripped out literally
2: yeah and then a few sort of weird things I'm wearing I'm, I didn't know you were going to ask me about my pants which actually I just changed but they're, they're like about 10 years old and the of holes and they're from a company called Gucci it's yeah classic sport okay
1: <laughs> yeah man you wait guys- so you haven't bought underwear in 10 years despite the HBO checks <laughs>
2: Well, I, I, actually, my wife again. I asked her yesterday. She was like, "You have got to get some new pants." I was like, <laughs> yeah, "I was like these ones." I was about to say these ones fit really well, but they fit really badly as well. I think most of them were. I don't know. For the audience yeah. at
1: home, pants is underwear. Pants is underwear. Sorry, right in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, And then what about the watch? I saw you. Well, let's do the glasses. Are these like? Uh, glasses, let's do the glasses, the glasses are, first. Yeah. It's really weird.
2: This, these glasses. These are the glasses that my brother, my older brother, wore when he was about. they NHS glasses. a National Health Service glasses. <laughs> Wore them when he was about ten years old, and I found them the other day, or like about a year ago. And I thought they looked quite cool, so they're sick. My own prescription in
1: them, so it's like sentimental to some degree. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, I mean, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's more aesthetic, but yeah. Right, right, right. Well, you look great, and then and what's on, on
2: the wrist, dude? Right? A bracelet, bracelet, and then I got a um, a, little, a bracelet from this place called Le Gram, which is like makes silver. Where, and then I've got a Rolex Explorer
1: was that was the rolex like a, a gift to yourself when like you sold the show or have you had that for a while
2: no it was a, it was a gift to myself when we when we yeah when we got the green light on the
1: show yeah. fire i love that
3: conrad did you give yourself a gift when you got green lit yeah i've been trying to buy myself i've been trying to buy myself a watch for like i'd say the last 12 months as a kind of like what as a, yeah exactly as a gift to myself also i was just like The universe feels like he just doesn't want to have me to have one. Like I've had all this, I've had all the time time set out to do it. Right. I've met the guy, I've met the broker and then COVID happened. Like he shut down his shop. It's just like all this stuff. Like I really wanted, I I want, I wanted like an old Rolex. Sure. A
1: vintage watch. Yeah.
3: yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And i like, I like the idea of like, I like the idea of knowing where it came from and speaking to a guy about it in the shop. I hate the idea of it online um it's like buying a car right more than anything exactly yeah. exactly and like, it's not and it's not a thing i know particularly it's not stuff i know a lot about so i like to sort of outsource my expertise to that um so i will do i will do it's just a, it's just a matter of when, really okay but also like you know like it's nice to commemorate stuff oh dude. of
1: course yeah i mean if this podcast made any like real money james and i would maybe have something we could commemorate <laughs> with but you know we're we're, tr- we're trying to get there and then also before we wrap up the fit check and the drink check mickey what are you drinking
2: I'm drinking something called a small beer, which actually is a, a, <laughs> it's, a tiny, tiny beer.
1: <laughs> it's a tiny, tiny beer. But also it's
2: two point one percent alcohol. It's because I've just recently had a baby and I just found my congrats drink- on the sex.
1: Yeah, congrats <laughs> on the sex dog.
2: <laughs>
0: I, drink- first time first time, long time? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just drink I drink probably like five times as much now. So to make that feel like a little less <laughs> pressing, I've had to drink smaller beers.
3: Totally.
2: This is all I have in my fridge. So it's until Conrad came around, which he's brought some actual proper stuff.
3: Yeah, we've actually, we've got a little, um, we're about to drink this. Oh, okay. What is that? Is that? That looks delicious. Some sort of natural red. I think it's a Beaujolais. Basically, I got, I was so bored during lockdown and I was, I wanted something to get excited about. So I subscribed to this. um, It's really good, like natural wine club in the UK, in London, I think it's called like Orange or something. And they send you, Basically, they, they pick a sommelier from like a like a London restaurant, like Noble Rot or Brat or something like that, and they the sommelier puts together like five different kind of natural wines. I mean, it's something I know not,
1: absolutely nothing about, but it's like it gives you something it gets you excited to open it. Basically, like watches, right? It's kind of like watches you can drink in that regard.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm time. just going to put the dog out because he's eating a bone really loudly. And That's you <laughs>
1: That's fine. I mean, we can't hear, but yeah, let's take, let's, let's take care of that. Keep it professional on the podcast. But I think we have a complete fit check and drink check. Thank you, gentlemen. James, All right, the show let's, is yours. Uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes or bangers and mash. Cheers um, to small to beers, it. boys. And uh,
0: <laughs> let's, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. As you guys know, Throwing Fits, the only podcast that matters. The three main subjects that we run through are money, a subject King. that's near and dear to your heart, mm-hmm. meats and cheeks, also mm-hmm. near and dear to your heart, sucks, sucking and fucking over here, Conrad. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever fucked yet, um, and most <laughs> importantly, Jimmy and Larry, the goddamn
1: motherfucking boys, selves
0: ourselves. So let's let's start with ourselves. We'll get to like industry or it, it, is it industry? Yeah, um, yeah what's and, it? You know HBO yeah. and B- and the, sure, the Beeb. Sure. Uh, let's talk about ourselves for about two and a half hours. Um, look, the entire reason that we invited you guys on, you two, the co-creators of HBO smash show industry, which if you don't know. Go fucking watch that shit now. ASAP expeditiously. The only reason we asked you guys onto the pod was to ask the question on everyone's minds. When are we getting the merch? Yeah.
3: This is a very, very crucial question. I mean, yeah. like, we, we, it's like, it's got to that point now where like me and Mickey are always telling each other like, dude, when are we going to send the email? When are we going to send the email? And I think we just have to send the email. You haven't sent the email yet? i don't know who to send the email to yeah that's that's our main issue we haven't sent the email
2: we've, said, we've spoken to hbo we've spoken to our contact at hbo about it and he agrees and i think it's a, it's i don't know if he's a creative contact yeah. though. i'm not sure
1: do he, they not know. see the do they not see the chatter yeah the press there's been two articles already written in actual real fucking media outlets about a purple fucking sweatshirt exclusively yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, and people are already making a what we term in me and Mickey term jog merch, which is like fake. Are you mad at that? Because you're not getting a little taste. No, man, we love that stuff. Man. Okay, the fact that someone's printing
1: rubbish shirts of the brand we made up. Yeah, awesome. you so you know give what? us they the put, green light to sell them to our 18 they, million listeners.
0: I saw someone because I, I, I made up a fake one and tweet at you guys, and someone replied back with like their red bubble, but they didn't put management offsite on the back of the hoodie. Oh come on! Uh, and then, uh, then, it's,
3: then it's not worth anything.
1: Attention to detail is so crucial. And we need the puffer vests. Yeah. The puffer vests, the fucking mugs. Come on. Yeah. What went through your mind, both of you guys, I would love to hear, when you saw Virgil Abloh, the design god, the head of fucking Louis Vuitton men's, you know, tweeting about how, or excuse me, Instagramming how on his stories, how much he needed that hoodie. Was that like a shock? Or were you like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Shock. It was
2: was mad. I mean, like, if you knew the history of what that hoodie is and like how it became how we how we sort of created it and like it's just mad the weird things that people are light on and people focus on in a show like this You're we like oh people are going to talk about the, the you know the, the deep relationship with harper and, and eric and like yeah. people are gonna a guy eating his own uh, jizz perhaps
3: yeah, exactly. we'll get like, to well, that
2: I thought, I thought more people would talk about that but people want to talk about <laughs> the, the fucking purple hoodie which yeah. is, uh, which but is yeah. what,
3: what, what is the genesis of that hoodie like yeah that? tell us the story there we got I mean, who, did you pick the colour of that? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, no,
2: I remember when we were writing it, we said we need because we just basically wanted Eric to say to look ridiculous. So, sort of like <laughs> <laughs> in that moment, because yeah, he's come back in that scene. It's probably the most like sort of aggressive and sort of tense and dramatic. Oh yeah, scene. sure. Yeah. In some ways, and we just wanted to undercut that as we always do with him wearing like you know cargo shorts and a stupid hoodie. <laughs> yeah, and we wrote, you know, Eric is wearing a big purple hoodie with management offsite on the back, and, and then
1: oh, it's, you wrote it. It's written into it was deliberately oh, yeah, yeah. written. in. These guys, yeah. these
0: guys are the most deliberate motherfuckers ever when it comes to John's in the script. Sure, sure, sure.
1: <laughs> Write
2: everything into script. But then They're we obsessed. so we like so then the the um, costume department went and found a, a found a hoodie. And they sent us a mock-up and it was like the PeerPoint logo on the breast and like really tiny PeerPoint logo, like PeerPoint script on the other side of the breast and like tiny management offside on the back. And we were like, just make it all bigger. Put yeah. PeerPoint across the, and embroidered, embroidered PeerPoint across the uh, the front. Put it in quotation marks. That's
1: that's the same design aesthetic that most uh, streetwear brands employ, which is yeah. make the logo as big as possible. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly.
2: exactly. And then uh, we were like, oh, okay, now that looks kind of kind of shit
1: <laughs> when we found it's perfect it. it looks like dog shit yeah. let's go ship it <laughs> but
2: yeah it's a nice color though it's a nice color it like, it's kind of it's kind
3: of grown we, i was talking to mickey earlier today because i listened to your last uh episode with uh the Arcteryx guy uh Gale. Oh, cooper, I, I, yeah. <laughs> cooper yeah Gale. very cool guy and uh, i didn't i hadn't i totally missed that virgil abloh when he came out in the um the what jacket was it the beta jacket or what was it the
1: alpha the alpha, alpha. Yeah. As a, yeah, yeah. The, the,
3: the idea that he the idea that he comes out to like the idea that he walks in the in, in Paris Fashion Week wearing a purple purple hood is what we're trying
1: to out. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, that's <laughs> talk about moving hearts, minds and wallets. If you put it on Virgil Abloh's back, you will sell thousands. <laughs> did he
0: re- did he reach out at all? It, did he ask the same question? Like, "Yo, when are we getting the merch? Because he he literally wrote, "Yo, drop the merch. I know. Then when, when you know, then I, I know. I, I, I DM'd him
2: on, on Instagram, and you know, nothing back so far. <laughs> well, that's because
0: you have like six hundred Instagram followers. That's the issue.
1: <laughs> you guys aren't verified. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. We'll hit our plug. We'll we'll figure that. Out. Um, yeah, and also, if for the audience listening at home, just follow these guys. We were able yeah. to get Cooper from two hundred to two thousand followers. Let's fucking extend <laughs> the same courtesy to these two fucking beautiful gentlemen. Please do. Um, I mean, I I think that you know, merch is such a
0: phenomenon that everyone thought was like a flash in the pan, but continues to just grow and grow and grow. And like corporate or like bank merch is this weird kind of uh, almost like sub culture, sub niche of like merch in general, um, for better or for worse, right? Like our our guy, Jonah uh, Weiner, he dubbed it the Corpo gorpo, like the Arterics or like Patagonia puffer vest with the with the bank logos. But in your opinion, what is your personal like corporate bank merch grail? Is it Lehman Brothers, Salmon Bros, Bear Stearns, like someone that's out of business. What is it?
2: I oh, do. It's all of those, man. It's all of those. Like, I, I remember I wore a Lehman Brothers cap and set quite a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> and like, we were like, and like, that like, comrade might send me, like, oh, here's a Bear Stearns old like bag from yeah. like, the, like the day
3: before it crumbled. Like, we, we should, we should get those. And like, <laughs> I, I, I just think that stuff is unbelievably sick. I have yeah. no idea why it tickles my brain in that part so much. But, like, my dad worked for Salmon Brothers. And it's like, heyday is a foreign exchange sales guy. And he like, I think he was there at the same time Michael Lewis was there and stuff. And it was like when that stuff was actually quite cool and aspirational, I think. And that logo was oh man, I actually have one of his business cards from from that time. And it's just like, it's such a lovely piece of design. And I just, yeah, I I think
1: Solomon is probably the ultimate one of all of those. Yeah, the ultimate grail. Um, oh, listen, everyone at home right now is uh, setting up an eBay alert to try to yeah, scoop absolutely. you. So thank you. We, for Lawrence, and,
0: Lawrence and I worked at Complex, and we moved offices, and we moved into the the old Lehman Bros trading floor. In the and time, the IT I've guy, been. yeah, the IT guy was like sending photos around, um, and they're still like Lehman Brothers, like. Merch and paperwork so like scattered around because they just yeah. fucking you know left in a hurry,
1: left like, under like, the or the you know crumbling it you know under the cover of darkness overnight exactly. and then just leaving merch. And I wonder if that dude is the guy selling it all on eBay, right? If you want to buy it, you <laughs> might be <laughs> buying it from our old IT guy, you know, his little come up. It goes like, to quite a of money. Yeah, no, it's not cheap at all. I mean, they're yeah. selling to
0: bankers, I'm sure. Like you know, yeah, right. Know your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. right, I don't. I want to ask you guys this uh, for anyone that doesn't know. It, so you guys worked together in banking before deciding to take the great leap into creating, um, film and TV. But while you were in the banking sector, how did your like personal style? Cause I know that John's has always been an interest of yours. How did your personal style affect what you wore at these kind of like robotic and very, uh, strict dress code, uh, banking jobs?
2: Well, we actually worked at different places and, but I think, and like the way and different parts of the, on different, of different banks and like, yeah. I think that actually did affect where, how we dressed quite a lot. I mean, like, I just personally, for me, the reason I got into banking is because of the clothes. I mean, like, really? Sort of a backwards. Wait, for yeah. real? Yeah, honestly, like, I mean, like, like I'm not putting pr- pr- too fine a point on it. Like, I thought the aesthetic was quite cool. <laughs> like, I never thought about the fact that I had to sit in front of a uh, computer and you work know, like 100 hours a week. I like wearing like Hermes ties and like a nice suit and like nice, tight like, tasseled loafers, and I thought it looked cool. And, like, and you need
1: and you need the money to afford that, which is why exactly. you just pick banking. Okay, got it. <laughs> exactly.
2: But like, yeah, I got a rude awakening pretty quickly. But then, like, <laughs> the, 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 where I worked, it was just like everyone wore a tie, everyone wore Hermes or Ferragamo. Like everyone wore tasseled loafers, or like, and like the, the oldest guy. I mean, you never, very, very rarely saw braces, but the the, the sort of people who would wear them would be like really old, sixty-year-old sort of blue-blooded Englishman, and then like this sort of
1: American who's like thirty-five, it's right. like basically trying to be Patrick Bateman. But yeah, that was that was the impression. Who who wears braces on industry? Is it just uh, Clement? Probably Seems. Clement. I don't even think Clement wears them. I think really. I, like, I, I haven't. I mean, I literally.
2: The amount of people used to wearing braces in a bank is like probably 0.01%. Yeah, it doesn't
3: really exist anymore. I sure. think we were trying to do that. The braces and stuff were like, we're trying to signify times gone by, which is what Clement was trying to, I guess, represent in the show. But I, I Haro- think- Heroin used to be cool.
1: Yeah, bygone era of cool drug exactly. usage. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, well, what about Conrad, you? Conrad? What were you wearing? How did, yeah. Uh, yeah, how did how did your personal I know, style? I affect I, your
0: I, had,
3: like, I, th- I I think I had absolutely terrible style when I worked at Morgan Stanley. Actually, like really, really bad. I used to wear had like a couple of Paul Smith suits with like this really loud floral lining, which actually sir, now sir, I, sir Paul Smith, Sir you, Paul sir. Smith to you, sir. Oh, sorry, yeah, dude. Sorry, sorry, Sir Paul Smith. Put and some respect had, on his goddamn name. Yeah, I had this like I had this like very Euro trash. Uh, a gray Montclair jacket, like a ski jacket that was like shiny. Say again, was it shiny? Oh, yeah, dude, it was, it was like, it was, it was actually, it was really repulsive. <laughs> and like, I think like Montclair's had a bit of a rehabilitation in the last few years, but it was just like, it was the most, I don't know, it, it was not, it was not a good look and it cost a fortune and I really regret it. Did you rent it out to somebody? Yeah, I did. I rented <laughs> out to a friend of mine who like loved it. And I was like, dude, just pay me something, just take it off my hands because it, it's like a millstone around my neck. I feel so guilty every time I look at it. <laughs> And then, and then I had a Burberry, I had this bur- like quite a nice Burberry trench that I wore all the time. And then like three or four of them, my friends bought it. So we would go out, we would go out. and Like a firm, go, looking like yeah, a fucking it, firm, it, dude. It,
1: it was so pathetic. Banker, <laughs> Spider-Man meme yeah right exactly Wait, we all So yeah we don't pop the colors on it well of course of course you have to see the, the check obviously but this is a perfect segue to uh, in the pilot when Robert his Ted Baker fit gets eviscerated did you guys experience <laughs> something similar in real life yeah I mean that's also a brand that we found it very funny to go in on so like it was unfairly, unfairly unfairly
3: unfairly. that yeah. mean we have these jokes about about Ted Baker is super dry but we're always just trying to get into everything but um yeah it was very um yeah there were people people were very militant about what you wore i mean it was always just like it was never as i mean obviously if we sensationalize it a little bit for the show to kind of bring as much drama into that scene as possible people always talking what the people wore Mm -hmm. um you know europeans had such a everyone had such a there was such a cliquey way of dressing when i was in morgan stanley and you could really tell without someone opening their mouth like almost what country they went to what business school they went to it was just like a uniform
0: I mean, that's something that I think gets lost on maybe on the American audience is kind of these like invisible, like in the UK, there's such a still like a class cast system, right? And these like uh, invisible signifiers as told through your accent. Well, I guess that's not invisible. That's pretty audible. Um, (laughs) Your accent, your clothing, how you carry yourself, the slang you use, like that's pretty much like it cements you. And I guess that's the tension of the show, right? Is like how much mobility is there truly as things maybe try to evolve the entire industry or as the industry tries to like you know hold its own. Conrad, did you ever wear Supreme underwear to your job at Morgan Stanley?
1: I did not. I Funnily enough, I did not. Did Ted Baker did Ted Baker reach out and ask you guys what why the fuck, you picked man? them shit, why oh, you like shit yeah. all over them? What did we do to you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were so good to you in your you. Were you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we snuck quite a lot
3: under the legal radar on that show. Like I think there is there are things that like people just didn't understand and then didn't didn't realize there would be legal, legal repercussions for. Like there was there was a lot of ADR that me and Mickey wrote, which we were like, wow, I'm very surprised it's ended up in the show. We didn't get any pushback.
0: Well, you you're tweeting at uh, the fairy pod mom, Naomi Fry of The New Yorker, who wrote an amazing review of your show. And and holy fuck, I just realized that she wanted to call in. Maybe I'll send her the link on text on the side. Um Mickey, you're telling her that Patagonia and Hermes, which I see, I see the Hermes blanket in the back. You're not fooling <laughs> nobody there. Uh, they wouldn't give you clearance to feature their clothing. Why not? I think it was just a so I think
2: for Hermes, I, well, this is what the, this is what the sort of legal people told me. They just, they they they're quite specific in what and what they allow to be. Their brand to be seen like sure, like they they're very you know protective, shall we say, but like. I think we reached out to their mess and they like they just put the kaibosh on it straight away. They were like, absolutely no way. Like bankers, absolutely no way, they did not want to be associated with them. And I think Patagonia were the same. Patagonia obviously are going through this thing where it's like, you know, it's a it's an outdoor brand. Right. Corrupted by a load of, you know, hardos. Corpo, you know. Gorpo. Yeah, exactly. And like and I think they want to return to their sort of you know <laughs> their roots, so we say, like of like you know, mountain climbing and maybe doing a marathon. But like <laughs> they don't want their yeah. So like they, they just did not want it, want it at all. So like we had to make our own. Um, I'm just trying to think of some other places that. Said yeah. That. Was there any other like notable? Weirdly though, we, in, in this I mean I, maybe I'll get into legal trouble for saying this, but like, but well, in the first, <laughs> no episode, yeah, in the, just us guys, just us. No <laughs> in the first episode, there was a whole um, scene set in a Hermes shop where they bought <sighs> a tie, and because we couldn't use Hermes, we had to use Ferragamo ties, but in Fake Hermes boxes. And I, <laughs> I, was I was thinking, like, is anyone going to call us out on this? And I, that was the moment where I thought, like,
3: no one's going to watch this show. There was there was a whole story actually, which we cut from episode one, which would have played so well. Which was like, Hari, the guy who dies, his like yeah. ultimate grail is a Hermes tie. Mm. Like, it's, it's the thing that he. It's True. like why he joined the firm, and we thought it was like a perfect metaphor for like, you know, you, someone like him putting that on and feeling like he belonged. We thought it was like perfect, little bit of storytelling, and sadly because of. The way the pilot went and a few complications with the storytelling. We had to shave it out. But I, it was like one of me and Mickey's favorite moments in the whole thing.
0: Um, who else? So who who was like very uh eager, or not eager, but who like gave you the green light immediately? They're just like, Yeah, sure, go
1: for go for it. Besides Ted Baker. Oh, Ted Do you remember that? Ted Baker. Yeah, Ted Baker. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey any, they're like any press is good press let's fucking go
2: ted baker gave ted us a load of
1: shit actually i forgot i, forgot,
2: yeah, I yeah, think it's it. probably because they they were told they were being mentioned in the first episode and, like the context wasn't really given. Right. yeah that wasn't shared necessarily yeah um ramoa ramoa sent some luggage to us oh, oh nice. that's yeah. not that's some pretty good flow right there
1: yeah, did i you can flip it some, and fucking did you flip me? it yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> like it's not even it's not like the way it was filmed that episode you can't even fucking see it like there's a bit where Eric is, is he's walking out of the, of the office about to go on the management office site and he's holding a remote suitcase but it's just not in shot and I was like oh, it's really I, annoying when I saw those babies really I was like annoying. get that fucking thing in there because I want more want them to say more stuff you hit yeah hit it
0: I want to ask about Ferragamo real quick. It's so funny because like you guys talk about how, again, like these in, invisible signifiers or very subtle signifiers, um, you know, in the way you dress, like, you know, the partner, they don't wear belts, right? Because their pants are so perfectly tailored. Yeah. And and a few times in interviews and just now you're saying that Ferragamo is like the fucking top dog brand. Meanwhile, over here on this side of the pond, Ferragamo is kind of like, it's I don't know. this fuck. like Euro trash. Like, uh, like, I don't know if you guys Uvo. watch Rich. Yeah, Uncut Gems. Howie Bling has the Ferragamo belt, yeah, which is yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. fire, but it, like, is it's it still like, exalted true. as like the, the top tier brand?
2: It's weird. Because it's like, I, I only said that because from the place that I work, it's full of English and European sort of Ugh. what we call them chins here. So like blue blood, like posh people and they all wore Ferragamo. I thought, I think they considered uh, a to be a little bit sort of really weird.
1: Yeah, it's the exact like, reverse in the States. I mean, even though like if you have the Hermes H belt, you still kind of are like a bozo, but I think it might be reversed 100%. That's crazy. Damn, shout out Ferragamo. Well, listen, if anyone who listening wants to send anyone on the spot a free belt, let's <laughs> fucking go. You know what I'm saying? Um,
0: I mean, so you guys talked about how what? So you're as peon surfs when you're in the industry, you were wearing Paul Smith. You're wearing, uh, obviously, like aspiring to ev- eventually one day rock the Brioni and Ferragamo. What about now? Is like TV writers. What are the brands that you're rocking now? That are your cool guy creatives.
1: Yeah. Jeez. Besides Gucci head to toe and Stone Island.
2: <laughs> I was going to say Gucci and Stone Island are probably.
3: Rock. <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. Uh, I wear I wear fights I wear an embarrassing amount of Stone Island. I feel <laughs> like I have no I have no idea why. I feel like. I don't know so this is, the, the brand has such weird connotations in the u k which I'm sure you guys are aware of in the u s mm-hmm. but like I'm always just like very impressed by the quality of the stuff they make and like I bought this like my ultimate i always wanted like a kind of really practical like jacket but like with a little bit of a kind of high end touch to it and I bought this I bought this um, stone Island shadow project vorex mm-hmm. like everything's concealed they conceal the badge which is fucking stupid but like like <laughs> There's like a concealed, like it's got one of those concealed zips, which is really smart. It's got some ridiculous pocket, which has like 15 pockets in it. And like, every time I put it on, it's weird. It's like you guys, I'm sure you know this, like with a certain piece of clothing you put it on. And every time you put it on, it feels like you just bought it for the first sure. time. Yeah. I just like I absolutely if that I, keeps on giving for sure. 10%. And I feel I actually genuinely whenever I go there, I feel like I feel like I have this experience, which is like, why do I like this? brand and it comes back to the fact that every time i buy something from there i get that exact feeling every time i put it on for the first time so like yeah and i I tend to like i don't know about mick but like i tend to shop in quite schizophrenically so like i fall in love with something for six months and i build a little bit of my wardrobe there fall out of love with it but like but also keep it in my wardrobe but then like i have another six months in a totally different place like this like scouse skate shop that i really like which nobody i I guess nobody's really heard of um and it's just, I don't know, I, my, st- my sense of style is like, I, I would just describe it, I don't know how Mick would describe it, but it's quite like schizophrenic and a bit,
1: a little I would, little. I would actually love to know how you would each describe your own personal style and then how you would describe the others, <laughs> using schizophrenic as a jumping off point.
2: So schizophrenic is a really good word, and I feel like mine is eclectic, probably, because like... Sometimes I will wear like obviously I, I very would rarely leave the house.
1: Sure, like <laughs> you do I, look I, I, absolutely I, ridiculous even through a little <laughs> Zoom square. <laughs>
2: like, I would wear, I definitely wear this around the house, but I might not leave the house. Um, but like, yeah, I, I guess it's 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 it, I, I, it, I'm dressed in stages as well. Like when I was at university. I went from dressing like quite preppy ish to basically being, and then being like very hipster ish and then like loads of black scale, all black clothes. Ooh, sure. Like, like during that period. And then
1: like. And then. Looking like that, a member of the ASAP mob. Looking yeah, like a twenty-thirteen cousin of, of ASAP <laughs> NAST or yeah, something. Like
2: their fourth cousin twice removed. From- <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. ASAP <laughs> training room floor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
2: and then. And then I don't know. Now I'm just like I like nice clothes, I guess. Like, and sometimes I can look totally different. Like, I like, yeah, I I've got this like. There's this company that um that I was actually I was wearing the other day, which is called Natalino, and it's one of those like one of those things that you get uh, advertised on Instagram. Like those trousers that basically all look the same, like quite smart, like um, uh, side adjusters. Like sure. you could wear them like around the house, but you can also wear them like basically as a suit. I wore those, and then like that makes me sort of want to wear, wear stuff like, you know, I wear like Laura Piana and stuff, mm. and like I love that stuff because in the same way as Conrad said, like it's like stuff that it's like good versions of stuff I
1: had when I was twenty. Sure, so, like that's very well-made versions of things I had when I was. Right, 20. you can buy like the real or the version that's going to last, basically. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Instead of right. going to Zara or H and M or whatever right. to get
0: no like, longer, it's no longer fake. To make it, you guys made it right. Yeah. So now, just do, <laughs> do the
1: oh, damn
2: man. thing. Yeah. I, the thing see. is all these things i just i i i keep very clean because i'm going to sell them all
1: when you get cash <laughs> right exactly <laughs> keep the tags and, on yeah it's and, I and never, so you, you, know, yeah, I you never, guys are super I, deliberate that's like basically what is very clear
3: yeah i never believed in like. i mean this is sounds like such bullshit but like, i just never i never thought that, that that kind of like menswear where like you pay up for the the research and the kind of the fabrics and the kind of thought that's gone into it. Like I, I wasn't, I maybe because I just didn't have the money at the time. And It's not like I have the money now, but like, <laughs> picking some, like I, I, I'm like a, I'm a very neurotic shopper. So like I'll look at, some, I'm sure you guys, like, I'll look at something for ages before I buy it. I'll oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I like, and I like, I actually like the flirtation of like not buying <laughs> it for a while and like making sure there's nothing else that's better out there. And it's, like,
0: it's, uh, it's, like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a Yasmin or. and Rob relationship, except for yeah, clothing.
3: I, I
2: want to say the exact opposite. Like I would just like shoot from the hip. Be like, Oh, that's really nice. Like, and then just buy it, and then regret yeah. it until it comes, and then <laughs> love it for about a month, and then be like, okay, well, oh, so there's something else that's really nice. Basically, I, I'm. A, I think I'm, I've got a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think, think can, we. I think
2: we
3: can, can all have, agree that there's a lot, lot of problems, problems.
1: happening for we're sure.
3: Working out though, we're working out. We're talking all through. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, well, that's that's what this is. This is not so much a podcast as it is a therapy session for all. Of us. <laughs> that's what we thought when we were coming on. Yes, yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Uh, s- speaking of all this, like deliberate dressing, uh, uh, James and I are re- we're really curious, and we were speculating about this. What did you guys wear the first time you had a meeting with like HBO? Like, what did you decide to to bring out fits. for the fucking for the big dogs?
2: I oh, fucking know. Um,
1: the There's no time... way you don't remember.
2: No, I actually, you know what I actually remember. There's a, there's a few times I remember because I remember someone I remember one of the HBO executives commented on what I was wearing and said like and she actually looked at she looked at another executive and was like see what I mean. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's like, loaded yeah. as fuck. Yeah. I remember what I was wearing I was wearing like this 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 uh, this you know, there was a there was sort of a imprint of Ralph Lauren called Ralph Lauren Country
1: and it was oh like, yeah I'm familiar uh, before double RL yeah yeah, yeah
2: jumper I found in I bought in Japan which was um. You know, it has the, the date in the corner. It was it was eighty nine, which is the year I was born. And mm. it was like it was like a monopoly house and like, uh, <laughs> and like a horse. And like I wore that with a polo neck underneath it. And I, looked, I looked and it was. Actually I boiling this. as well. It was, looked, actually, it was <laughs>
3: fucking sick. Actually, I've now got a sense memory of the whole thing. Yeah, it was really, it was <laughs> but, really yeah.
2: but then again, like I remember there was a when we was we went to LA to sell the show, and like we we had a we had a meeting with them. Um, and I think and like, we went, we were wearing like sunglasses and like, we looked like we were, we looked like we were on holiday. Very and, then, cool. and then like, then and like the next day when we actually got had to get, like we were having dinner actually with them, And then the next day when we actually had to go and pitch it, we came in like, I was wearing like a shirt and like, you know, glasses and stuff trying to like, Trying to show that we could familiarize ourselves with yeah. yeah, it because we, we spent a
3: lot we spent a lot of that weekend spectacularly hung over. so it was like <laughs> nice hell yeah how, how are we gonna how we how are we gonna roll back from this and professionalize ourselves <laughs> yeah. a little bit so we went in like a couple of schoolboys wet behind the ears saying get you a showrunner who
0: could do both you know what I'm saying yeah, so, yeah. con what was the uh, what was the first day fit for you or that that pitch fit for you.
3: <laughs> um i have no idea i i i, I it was probably you blacked fr- out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i would have no memory it was like well i don't know actually it was um uh so like you know the kind of when you, i i just don't i don't want to wear chinos ever and i also don't i hate jeans but it was like our friend this this brand it rights in the uk who are, which our friend a couple of our friends run they make these like very nice like high-waisted linen trousers which which are they kind of they're super smart, but they're a trick because they're like they feel like you're wearing tracksuit bottoms. So like I think I was wearing those, and maybe I don't know, white T-shirt, something something inoffensive. It's a yin and yang
0: situation, right? Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, I know that you guys have started spending a lot more time in LA dealing with these Hollywood fucks, and you know, you're coming from both a city and an industry that is so intentional and so smartly dressed. What do you think of the garbage style in LA?
2: I think it's so good. I love her. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I do. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe because. I don't know. Just happy
1: to be there, dude. I mean, we spend
2: (laughs) most of the time we spend then we're in strip clubs. So I like and I like the
1: way that that
2: people dress in strip
3: clubs. Yeah, same. Yeah, we all do. Me me and Mickey went to this place called the Playpen when we were last in LA. What was it like? It was Jan. It was January just before COVID struck. Honestly, man, we got there at five thirty. We were the only people in there. It was it was me. We were so jet lagged. It was me, Mickey, the manager. Jet lagged (laughs) in the strip club. (laughs) He was like, he was like, he was like, guys, there's no one who can serve you drinks. We're like, we'll wait until. Someone can serve us drinks. Honestly, we were in there for the length of a transatlantic flight. We were in there for seven and a half hours.
2: We're quite lazy. I mean, like, it was literally opposite our hotel, I think. Yeah, it was, and we could see it from our hotel. So we were like, okay, we're we'll obviously just go And we were staying downtown. So we're like, okay, we'll just go down. It looks like a fun place to hang out.
1: <laughs> Take a nap. <laughs>
3: Well, we need some interesting types that we can write about potentially. <laughs> right,
1: sure. Yeah. Well research, so yeah. doing research. So that's a loaded question, right? Wherever anyone who meets you guys and, and has a conversation, like are they potentially being like, you know, analyzed and unpacked as potential like character shit later? hundred percent. And we'll probably do an impression of them at some point. Oh you know? like, find ourselves man. doing impressions of people all the time. Damn, that's gonna bode well for myself and James well, anyways, <laughs> right.
2: uh, you, you know, I think we'll have more time with you to really master it, but yeah, sure. Yeah, always. I mean like I think the right, you know, we're quite, I'd hope to think, you know, I think we're observational writers and like we write about stuff that we know quite a lot. And like obviously this is based on our experiences and like a lot of the stories in the show, even the more extreme ones are anecdotal or have happened to me and Conrad. So yeah, we're always on the lookout for, for stuff that we can steal.
0: Well, obviously the show is, is, you know, hyper-informed by your personal experiences and and it's becoming quite obvious that you guys are party animals, fellow party animals. Thank you for your service. How truthful <laughs> is the partying on the show? Because when I, when I between us, I was the first to kind of like fall in love with the show and I was trying to get Lawrence involved in, in it. And then he was, when he finally came around, he's like, yo, why do not you tell me how sick the partying is? Mm-hmm. So I guess like- <laughs> He buried the lead. I was like, you know. Obviously the, the partying is uh, so entertaining and so like, you know, pushing. It's, it's inspiring.
1: Tru- it is truly inspiring. It's truly inspiring.
0: inspiring. And, and th- again, thank you for your service. But how much of that is truthful with like what actually happens in finance IRL?
2: It's, it's really weird, actually, because people have come... like were, There was a few articles that came out when this show first dropped, and it was like... There was, a, there was one in The Guardian written by The Secret Banker, and it was like... It's very realistic in loads of ways, but there's no way that anyone in finance actually parties that much. They're working way too hard. And then there was another... This guy thing. sounds like a loser. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then I saw there was another one in the Financial Times saying, there's no way they party that hard. No one would ever stay out all night and then go into work. And I was like, I mean... Do Grow was, up, Peter Pan. Was, you have the wrong
3: friends. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you're at the wrong I'm firm. Like, what what yeah, firm does
0: party? Is. What firm parties the hardiest? What well, firm? Yeah. can
2: um, oh, no, I mean, get little, I mean, I don't know. I mean, my my. I mean, my firm did just primarily because of the people that were there who were my friends and like I actually, I actually, well, quite a few people from my university went to the same place, so there was a sort of group already. There's already bonding
1: started. that already happened prior. Yeah. So yeah. And are these guys hiring? Yeah what's, yeah, what's I mean we're you know are we qualified? Uh, oh, okay how about this? Here's a more general question. Uh who does more cat, bankers or cool guy creatives, now that you've been on both sides of of of, of that line?
2: I would actually say I didn't know that's a really good question. Thank you. One I did not think to, I was gonna be asked this it's year.
3: like <laughs> again, I have no idea. It's really a difficult question.
1: Ket is definitely the I'm um, thinking about the people that's the, that's like the drug du jour though, because that's what we've we've even talked about in this podcast before. We're like Ketamine is like having a moment. It's the same overseas. Just so it's so fun compared. To like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. I think
3: they,
2: I, I, you know what? I think they do equal amounts. Okay, like, I'm thinking about my fi- friends in finance. What a diplomatic
1: friends answer! Friends.
2: <laughs> and they all hang out quite a lot. And they, yeah, the diplomatic answer is that they, they, yeah, they, they yeah, they, yeah they, they both do quite a lot.
0: Is, is there a from the Hollywood side? Because we were talking about this, how uh, you kind of now have like three awesome finance slash business shows, right? You have industry, you have succession and you have billions. Um, is there like a fetishization in Hollywood of like the finance world and not just Hollywood, but like pop culture? Um, you know, in the same way, like, I mean, Mickey, I want to ask you this, like Balenciaga, they did a collection that was all just fucking like plain ass office wear. Right. Like, I don't know if you saw that, but like, do you find that you guys are kind of like put on a pedestal because you come from the banking world and now you are like the cool guys in Hollywood that, um, our people's portal into this, you know, foreign glamorous uh, world. I think that's a really interesting point. And like, it's kind of, we didn't know how the marketing of the show was going
2: to go before we had finished it. And like, it, I think if me and Conrad hadn't had our story and hadn't worked in finance, we would not be anywhere near at the marketing of the show. So totally is right. You know, I, did, I mean, maybe, you know, a big name writer or like would a big name writer would you know, would be saying the show as much as we have, but like, I think it was the story of us going from finance, you know, spectacularly failing in it and, then <laughs> going and finding something else, which has been the, you know, the narrative that HBO and the, and everyone has been pushing and pushing and like, and to be fair, I think it is, you know, it's an interesting point of the show. And I think it's, it does give it a little bit something, you
1: know, other than just, you know, a show. What do you me. think of that narrative personally speaking as like the, like the guys <laughs> who failed and are now are back, yeah, baby yeah, so we like, pay do... for that
2: quite a lot. I mean, like, we play up to it in the interviews and, like we did fail i mean <laughs> exactly. clear, clearly but um i think it makes it for a good
1: story that we like yeah. totally burnt out and then came right. back and- it reminds me of another duo that uh should be pretty obvious as far as like you know failures and then coming back and rising like the goddamn fucking phoenix you know hey, what's so, up yeah and what's up guys we we empathize
0: <laughs> hey. what was and, and you know, Lawrence and I, like, we definitely had a, a long term, I think, like struggle and back and forth and like personal and collective crisis about like, are we going to do the damn thing? Are we going to quit our jobs and pursue this podcast and the dream a you know, quote unquote job full time? Did you guys and there was never like a single moment. There's definitely a moment where I was like, Lawrence. We're doing this right, like twenty twenty. We're gonna do like we're gonna jump together, right? And he's like, "Yeah, bro, you quit your job, I'll quit mine." And I was like, "All right, I'm quitting in March." And then pandemic happened. I was like, "Yo, I'm not gonna quit my job yet." <laughs>
1: Change my mind. Already,
0: he had, but he had already Honorable. put in his. He had already put in his uh, notice. I had already quit. <laughs> I, I hung on for another month or two, but was there like an exact moment or um, you know, uh, memory where you guys like realized that you had to quit your banking jobs and and pursue this this passion?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, what well, is very similar story to yours, to be honest. Like Mickey, um, Mickey left his firm uh, like maybe what eighteen months before I did. Yeah, um, and he, you know, he talks this part of our story down quite a lot, but he kind of like set out on his own because he's humble. He set out on his own, and you know, he made he spent a lot of his weekends and time he like corralled a group of people together. He made like a short film about a kind of banker who wants to be a, it's a really, it's really, really funny. It's like, it's, it's about like a banker played by Mickey who kind of thinks of himself as with higher aspirations, thinks he's really cool, hangs out in Shoreditch. Like he kind of has aspirations about like knowing loads about fashion and skate. Oh, so it's a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. it's a david lynch movie and yeah. uh, and, and she and 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 he was like he uh, he saw he managed to sell it to NBC just as at the same time as he got an agent i vividly remember this i actually told the story another day to a journalist in australia i was like vividly remember the day he called me at my desk and i was at morgan stanley and he was like he was like this isn't because we always thought of it as a kind of pipe dream and he was like this is actually something that we could physically do for a living and like yeah, we might not be remunerated in the same way immediately. And yeah, all this sort of stuff. But it's not, it's not, you know, I have an immigrant mother who's Polish and Mickey has an immigrant mother who's Ghanaian. And there was always this thing, which was like, you need, you need to have a, you need to have a career plan, which is kind of- A stable
1: career. Yeah, yeah, a stable earning career. as much
3: money as, as possible, as quickly as possible, which, which obviously precludes you from an art career, an arts career in some, in some regard. And, and Mickey was just like, dude, this is a thing we can, we can actually forge ahead. It's not like a pipe dream. And like I very, very vividly remember the day I took the call. And like we never, I actually Man, months, six months later, you you <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Six months later. It was later. so inspiring <laughs> that it only took
2: six
0: months. <laughs> Bro, I gotta wait for the bonus to hit.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I gotta it time it right. It
3: was kind of yes. like that. It was like, I've got to get paid before I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my boss took me up. I, I never the day I got fired, he was just like, come upstairs. I was like, I came upstairs, I rode the elevator up, and he was like, here is your severance package. I really like you as a person. Spend twelve hours a day with you. You're quite interesting. You're quite funny. Never. You are the worst salesperson I've ever met. (laughs) Well, you You got fired. You didn't quit. You got fired. Made redundant. He was just like you're. You're the worst. You just you don't understand anything you're talking about, and you never call (laughs) anybody. So therefore, you're not. You're not a right candidate for this kind of work.
1: So Wait, hey, like, Conrad. If you hadn't been made redundant, how how much longer do you think it would have taken for you to take the leap on your own without the push, or would it have not come? I'm like, can you say? Guy. I'm yeah. a very
3: passive guy. I'm path of least resistance. I hate fighting with people. I just can't be bothered. Like the fact that me and Mick are in a partnership is very important to me because, like, he's kind of yanked to my yang. Like he pushes sure.
1: the duality of man. James and yeah. I know about that he's very well.
3: The zone all the time, which is just super, super important. And like, I would, I would. Honestly, no,
1: I'd probably still be there because it, <laughs> it was it was a life
3: I hated, but it was a life that was easy. You know, right. Path sure.
1: least resistance. Exactly. Yeah. When you guys are taking this leap, whether on your own volition or by getting pushed by your manager, did your colleagues like laugh at you or people even in your personal life? And if you'd like to take the time now to tell them to suck your dick, please uh, go off. <laughs> Suck our dicks. Suck our dicks. <laughs> <laughs> nice, okay. But did I, did, they, did you face criticism about, like, this is a stupid pipe dream that you guys are doing and you're blowing it? People were laughing me, at me for different reasons,
2: to be honest. But um, I think it's because I, I don't know, at, that, at that age, and I, I was surrounded by people who, would, who really didn't know what they wanted to do, and it felt like... I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think people sort of responded quite well to it. To I mean, my old colleagues were like, what the fuck are you doing? But, like, they... They, they also knew I was really bad at the job. So they were like, okay, well, maybe we'll, you'll be slightly better at that. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I actually it's really weird because like, I just – out of the colleagues that I worked with that I knew before, obviously I kept in touch with them. They all love the show and, like, they, you know, they've they gone as different things and some of them are still in the finance. And, but then, like, my other colleagues that I didn't know, I just have no contact with. Like, the day I, the day I left, I never spoke to them. Before. Right. See ya. Peace. Deuces. What about no, I, that uh... – yeah. Although one of them, a really senior, I, I had an anecdote about a really senior managing director at my firm in a meeting and uh, with, a, with a, a guy, he we had the mergers and acquisitions. So it was the CEO of another company. And the CEO said, um, have you, have you, uh, so, so who are you, who are you? And he was like, what are you talking about? And he he's like, who are, who are you in industry? Because, you know, industry is based on this firm. And the guy was like, what? And like in the middle of the meeting, like got his phone out and was like, him, <laughs> and I was like <laughs> my friend who was in the, my shit. friend who was in the meeting on the other side before. that's so
0: sick best moment um have any have any former colleagues like reached out whether they're like cloud chasing i've been like yo bro like i totally yeah. wanna yeah, yeah. oh i see you blowing
1: up like what's good we haven't talked yeah. since no, no,
3: no, i i misinterpreted cloud chasing the more people being like more people being like, Oh, this is obviously me. Like, Oh, like being narcissistic
1: and and using it as like
3: a hundred percent and being like, Oh, this is so clearly this. And this is so clearly that. And like, yeah, trying to, um, man, the the egos on some of these guys who message me is just unbelievable. Like you should have done this. You should have done that. Like whatever. But
0: there's gotta be characters that were, I mean, I want to ask about, before even getting to other people, I want to ask about um, the Greg character and how he's writing a script Right. And they find it. And it's, it's like fucking, you know, uh, finding Michael Scarn's script yeah. in the office, um, in the U.S. office. And he gets made fun of, like, was that an experience that you drew from uh, personal experience on?
2: I know. We never, we never we were. I mean, that script really is actually, the name of the script is Not an Exit, which is the yeah. original uh, sc- uh, title for industry. Because when me and Conrad started writing together, we wrote the script for Not an Exit, which was like, not good. I mean, that's a shit. <laughs> Some resemblance to industry in that fact that they're both set at a bank. It was more just a cathartic experience for me and Conrad, like seeing if we could work together. But yeah, I mean, the idea of like wanting to do something else of your life while you're doing something which feels a little bit like an albatross around your neck is definitely something that both of us felt.
0: Did Uh, someone scream in your face? Wake the fuck up! That never (laughs)
2: happened. That never. Well, maybe, But but not for that reason. But yeah, I mean. And he he represents a lot of people that we know in our lives that, you know, are stuck in jobs like that, which, you know, they are, you know, they're rem- remunerated very well. They've got a certain lifestyle now but they can't really break through because, you know, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, they've, you know, they, yeah, they've become accustomed to like nice clothes and a car and a house and mortgage, etc.
3: Let us caveat all of that by saying we know that that's a certain specific type of problem, like a privileged kind right. of problem. sure, sure. Like sure it's not like you know that this the banking job being this the hardest fucking version of existence that you could possibly have but it was just like it was in our social circle Mm. a lot so we felt compelled to write about it it's like it's like it's so true so it couldn't be it's like one of the archetypes that you see in that in in the finance world so much which is kind of like people who are kind of born into privilege were put on a conveyor belt through all these institutions ended up in like a, a kind of the hallmark institution of a career, which is like Goldman Sachs or a version of that Point, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan. And they have that moment of like, everything's been handed to me and I want to kind of self-actualize. So maybe I have to go and like mine my talent. I need to be a writer or a musician or some sort of, and then for Greg, it was kind of like, it was, it was that thing, which, you know, like, maybe he's not actually talented at all, but he feels like if he doesn't try and kind of inhabit that part of himself in his thirties, then what's it all for? And it's, you know, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very, um, it's it's not a particular, I, I think on some levels in that world, it's it's a pretty universal story. I, I'm, I'm, we're not trying to say it's like the greatest hardship in it's the world. It's not a beating heart
2: story It's not, a, not right, a heart right, story. Right, right, right. You're, you're not supposed to feel sorry for him. No. Before. Especially no. when he's
1: like in his really big You don't party. feel sorry for a lot of the people on the show. No, no this yeah.
3: is satire. <laughs> satire. Like, that's what Harper's, Harper's job in some ways is to be a kind of, is to be the audience surrogate and like the eyes onto the world of all of this, this kind of privilege and these, you know, these kind of, they're not caricatures because I think they're very true to life, but they're they're, they're talking about a very specific subset of people right. in a quite universal way, is what Howard. The
2: the, the idea that that, that that exists in finance quite a lot. The idea that like, you could be incredibly successful in your job in finance and that you're still wanting to like write a script. It's just so it, it's so pervasive. Like I remember when we were just before we started writing this, anyway, we'd been picked up, and a, a friend of mine who works at a very well known. Um, private equity firm, said one of the partners, he just actually just left, but one of the partners wants to meet you. And I was like, okay, well, what's he gonna talk about? And like, I met this guy who was a partner in this firm. Now He must've been earning like millions a year. And he's like, I've got the script. And I was like, "Oh," please. and he was like, "It's a bit of a cross between margin call and billions. And I was like, "Okay, all right, we'll see where this goes." And like, he was like, "Can you tell put me, me more?" In- yeah, he was like, "Can you put me in touch with the head of HBO?" And I was like, "Well, not really." <laughs> like, it's it's, it's it's sort of the marriage of like, yeah, don't quit your day job, homie. lack of talent and like massive ego and just like the entitlement, the fact, and the fact that he deals with CEOs in his personal life and his business yeah. meant that he thought he could just like jump to the front of the queue and be like, okay, well, just put me in touch with fucking Steven Spielberg, and I'll show him how good I am.
3: Right. So you, you have to realise something about, about British society, and maybe it's true of American society, but it's way more true of British society, which is like, there is this unbelievable, because of private school and state school education, and like being able to pay for your education the moment you're born versus not being able to, there's this amazing uh, ability in UK society to fail upwards. So like the most, the most mm. the people in the world get the get the most opportunities and they, they basically they become the gatekeepers for like all of these industries and they're like you know in the in main there's literally nothing remarkable right. about all and you just we you know that was my, a lot of my experience of those places was kind of like that sure. it's true
1: Politics you guys well. probably don't know this but the name of this show before we lost our intellectual property was literally failing upwards so we know <laughs> exactly what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> Can't make that shit up.
0: Kind of sounds like uh your 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 uh private equity friend sounds like Christopher Maltisanti
1: Yeah. <laughs> all uh, some of mine and
3: Mickey's yeah. favorite scenes in the Sopranos, which M- Mickey's obsessed with the Sopranos, but, but it, like all of this all of our scenes which we like meme to each other are all of his screenwriting scenes. They're so, so funny. <laughs> when he well, meets that when he meets that like um red haired development girl. Yeah, yeah man, some of those episodes are just incredibly good, so funny.
0: um well, okay, so this this great character sounds like a kind of composite or amalgamation of a bunch of kind of just general, pervasive themes that you see throughout uh, the entire finance industry. Um, but are there, I mean, we see a lot of absolute monsters on the show, and I have to imagine again this this show is like so informed by your own experiences. Like are there any characters without naming names? Cause you mentioned that some people reach out and like, yo, this guy's totally me. Right. But without, yeah. so without naming names, let's yeah.
1: want to um, don't reinforce their negative behavior. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Were there any characters on the show who are modeled after any former bosses or colleagues that you particularly enjoyed skewering and turning into like a piece of shit on the show,
1: <laughs> hamming what? it up,
0: turning it up to 11,
2: maybe an in inception, but like they soon took on lives of their own. Would you agree? I totally that?
1: agree. Yeah. Like at
2: the start, we are like, okay, well, it'd be great to get a character like him in the show. and Like, if, you know, for the reasons you've outlined, like, we can skewer him, we can make him look stupid, and hopefully people will recognize that that's him. But then just in the process of developing the show, like, they they take, hopefully, they take on more layers. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Has anybody who reached out uh, and been like, oh, is this based on me, like, actually got got it right to some degree?
3: I've had I've had one guy, one of my colleague that I really liked when I was among Stanley was like, this guy's definitely this guy, and he I was like, yeah, it is. I
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I he's like, how did you know I ate my own jizz? And you're like, well, <laughs> you just perjured yourself, homie, because I did not. Know. <laughs> I want to talk
0: about uh, a fan favorite, um, whether he's like a good guy or bad guy, because it's you know it's not a binary necessarily, especially in like the complexity of the character and all the characters on the like show, like The
1: Sopranos, right? Exactly. But the the Eric.
0: Eric, that character, he's, like, super alpha, he's scary, he's ferocious, he's territorial, and these aren't qualities, and I'm asking as, like, a you know half-Asian guy, these aren't qualities you see played by an Asian man, especially here in the U.S. So I want to know what was, like, was that decision intentional? Was it just because uh, Ken Leung is, like, such a fire actor? Like, what was kind of behind the decision there?
2: So a number of things. I mean, like, that's an example of, like, and it's, he's not only really based on this guy, but like there was a there's, there was basically like when when we started our careers. Actually, I started. I did an internship at the same place that Conrad worked, and like there was just a sort of quite like very impressive, formidable Asian American MD. And I was like, well, that's the start of the character. And then the character took on those new levels and like became slightly different. But like for the reasons that you just said as well, like we thought it would just be be cool to see an Asian character that isn't like doing an Asian stereotypical role. Right? Yeah. And like, and, like you never see it. And like, I, I'm, I think people have, have, have picked up on that for the right reasons. And, and there was, there was, there was, there was moments where we were like, okay, you no, know, we were seeing, we were seeing other actors for it and some actors that weren't Asian American. And I just felt like we were really missing an opportunity to have like a very broadly, a very a cool, complex Asian American character.
3: We were very, the thing is not to sound like cynical about it, but one of the, because I actually, I find like the conversations about like representation and stuff, you feel that they're so not overplayed, but they, you, that you talk, you people talk about them so much in Hollywood that they kind of not lose their meaning because they're incredibly important, but you just hear it as the main narrative about a lot of storytelling. What is that? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> <It's>,
2: <laughs> no idea. I'm living based on the building site, so it might be something to do. with that.
3: Another Gucci delivery.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that your Gucci vacuum?
3: <laughs> I can't even remember what I was saying. I was trying to say something interesting, but it's totally bullshit like, about wokeness.
1: Yeah, some something shit. about <laughs> representation. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Okay, exactly. no, 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 but no.
0: I, let me just say, I think it is cool that yes, not only are you seeing a, uh, you know, people of different colors and races and ethnicities, but also inhabiting different characters and not just playing like a stereotypical role. You don't have like a sexualized or like aggressive Asian men usually, you know, desexualized and like passive. So appreciate that. That's why I go by horny Jimmy, you know, I'm doing my thing. You guys are doing your thing. So <laughs> a so
3: beacon,
1: bad. a beacon of representation Respect. for, for, for <laughs> the, I mean, the community. I'm, I'm glad you said that
2: uh, because like, for example, the Harper character is an example is like, you, you know, you go to a show like this and maybe you expect her to act in a certain way because she's where she's from and what she looks like. And like, I love the idea that she doesn't do that. And like, you might, you know, you, know you, you come to the show of expectations about what a biracial black woman is going to, how she's going to behave. And like, you've represented hopefully a slightly sort of morally dubious, easy to lie, you know, anti-hero. And that's sort yeah. of what... Sure. Like, and like, for example, and like the Gus character as well, I was like, I remember Cumber, who we were talking to about this, someone in America, and they were like, we didn't realize there were like posh, rich black people in England. And I was like, well, of course there are. And like, and the idea, like, someone seeing like someone like that on screen was very important to us. And like, just like, and it isn't a cynical thing because you know you could just say, okay, let's take this character and just totally subvert them and make right. them like totally unexpected. But these people exist, They're like, they are underrepresented. Underrepresented
3: on TV, in and TV. It's, it's it's that thing as well. Like, it's not, um... <sighs> and like, we'd never compare ourselves to any of the great HBO shows, obviously. But it's, there is a trend in in modern television towards characters that either slot into a bracket that you understand or ideologically or any of that stuff but they become very much either heroes or anti-heroes or heroes or villains and our thing was just kind of like let's try and the humanity is making them impossible to pin down so one scene you're like i'm totally on this person's side the other i'm like why the fuck would you do that why are you self-sabotaging all the time and one of the criticisms we see on the show on twitter is like these people sometimes behave in a contrary way which doesn't make sense to an overall arc and it's like. People self-sabotage. All
1: it's the real time. life, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's real life. People, people,
3: people, people. I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I feel like it's, I feel like hour to hour, I'm not the same person. So <laughs> yeah. like, it was, it was like. It was I think that's to- the
0: schizophrenia that you were talking yeah, about. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Maybe I should get it diagnosed. But it was like, it was like, it was more about. And that's. It's very difficult to do that within TV rules. And I think, I think maybe we, I think maybe sometimes we overstretch the boundary on that a little bit, just from inexperience. But like, we wanted to kind of capture that human experience as much as we could in the show.
1: Well, you guys did a fantastic job. And despite Conrad pushing uh, for it heavy, industry was robbed at our award show, The Fitties, unfortunately coming in a paltry, embarrassing fourth place. Respectable. Respectable because it was,
0: there were like 28 shows in the category and and you guys were the only ones that were pushing for it. Uh, uh, John Wilson, if you're listening, suck my dick.
1: (laughs) I was just being a dickhead, but here's the deal. Michael right? Jordan, suck my dick. Re- regardless, yeah. regardless, uh, James and I, really the only opinions that matter, because we're the only podcast that matters, we believe that industry was overshadowed by maybe what we would consider not bad shows, well, maybe bad shows, but definitely not as good the as Crown industry shit, bad. like The Crown bad. and uh, The Queen's Gambit um, is another one. What can you tell to the 18 million listeners right now about Industry season two to entice them to get the fuck on board before they get the fuck run over. <laughs> um,
2: if anything, think, uh, the the partying comes back. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's great. Okay, I'm in. It's been pushed the shadows a little bit, maybe, but um, uh, but and, you know, we, we I won't talk talk about the, sh- the season two so so much because obviously it's still in flux. Right. We will deal with the pandemic in some respect and Interesting. Like, what people have, people, how people reacted to it, especially in London, because like there's been so many different reactions to it. Right. Like, you know, there's London is a city full of people who love to like get on it and they've mm. <laughs> found very, very different ways to get around that. <laughs> which We're looking forward to explore, uh,
0: exploring. Will there yeah. be more or less explicit fucking and sucking that was also awesome the same, level, the same level
3: same level of fucking okay. sucking fucking sucking is a is a Woo. show
0: yeah that's close thank you guys for normalizing for uh cunnilingus by the way thank you for that again um not only the representation of different races but also different sex acts fellas, yeah. fellas, <laughs> fellas eat, <laughs> eat some pussy fellas
3: we've had a lot of people messages like dm is saying like thank god you put that on screen
0: yeah right. it builds strong bones man exactly <laughs> H Eighties. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, here's a question I can ask about season two that you that you contractually have to answer. Otherwise you don't get your you don't get your goodies. Um Mick, you were kind enough to uh slide into my DMs and ask about the podcast loafers, the loafers that throwing fits did with our boy Chris at Black Sock and Weber. We are sliding you a pair at no cost. We're eating that because we know that it's guys. gonna appear in season two of industry. What character, who's gonna wear them on
1: season two? Who do you think would wear them? Who has the same size shoe as you? <laughs> <laughs> Greg. There you go. Um, I think Greg would probably wear those.
0: <laughs> Greg I mean, the I, Egg?
2: I, sure. You know what? I'll, I'll wear them in a, walk-in, a
0: walk-on part. Have you guys done a, Have you guys cameoed in your own yeah. shit? I mean, that's yeah, got to be...
2: We're in, we're in the last episode. We're in the last shot of the whole show. It's, um, it's on Primrose Hill in London and it's Harper looking at her diary right. and looking over London. It's, you can see me and Conrad. I, I'm walking my dog. Um, and he's actually dragging me because he can see my wife on the other side of the camera. <laughs> behind is a quite sinister looking guy in a black in a black Stone Island jacket. And a, unsurprisingly, and that's yeah. me. Yeah. that's Connor. Yeah, that's
0: All right, we'll get you. The, we'll get you in the loafers. I, w- I would love to see Eric in the loafers, right? As a fellow Asian, um, Rishi is the fucking man. Oh yeah, Rishi, I know. Crowd, I know Chef is going to come on in and ask about Rishi. Yeah, um, just anyone, I guess. Just, just please.
3: We should rather. We should Rishi would look sick in them. To be honest.
0: Absolutely. It's not awesome. Kenny. Fuck fuck that guy. Fuck that Kenny. <laughs> Kenny, <laughs> we'll, we'll, Kenny has no style. Yeah. He has yeah. absolutely no drip. <laughs> um <laughs> zero fucking drip, dude. Well, we're gonna take I mean, speak, you know, we're gonna take baby steps, pun intended. And you know, first we're gonna start off with a loafer cameo. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna we're gonna talk about other types of cameos. I guess the question is like Lawrence and I, we have this podcast, it's great. We make not great money. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's yeah. it's a lifestyle that we enjoy. How can we get an HBO show? Not to be the fucking dick ass CEO who's going to yeah. you know, jump to the front of the queue. That mean that's a line for our uh, Patriots over here. But how can we get an HBO show? Yeah, just
1: generally speaking, how do we do that?
3: Why is that not like a good? Why is that not like an entourage? But for like men's work. Well, there is it's how, how to,
1: to, to make an America. America. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible, and it was absolute dog shit. <laughs> I loved it. I loved. Well, it. yeah, we loved it too because we were watching when we were fourteen <laughs> years old, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Kid Cuddy's that, sick. A, that's a show. That's a show where they there was a meeting in between
2: seasons. They were like, we need more sex in this. Because if you notice, in between seasons, there's like
3: Lake Bell's having like, a lot of sex. Yeah, there's
1: like, yeah, have sex yeah, 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 and like yeah.
2: nudity.
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah. Lake bells titties are the only thing keeping this on tv so need more titties know. we need more louise guzman yeah well <laughs> J- james and i have always envisioned um our version of girls boys right which is about kind of like our come up in you know the media fashion space so i guess something in between there so we i mean listen if you want to get fully pitched we could do it off mic you know what i'm saying That's if you guys pitch. want to shepherd I, that I process yes yeah, I, so I. So I. Like, so. I
2: like i like Okay. How to make America had its problems, and my like, story probably was one of them. And <laughs> yeah, the script, <laughs> yeah, the script. <laughs> no, I loved it. The like, issue is, no, um, we- there was something in that
1: of, of like, sort of like, yeah, like, yeah. Beauty, it's called like, male beauty. friendship, right? The beauty yeah. of male friendship. Is that New yeah, York yeah. hustle, baby. You
3: yeah. don't see that. You don't see that enough on screen. I mean, we tried to do it a little bit with Robert and Gus, but like, I think like very intimate, hetero, but like very intimate, like tactile, loving male yeah. friendship. They do
0: anything. sit very. They do sit very close it. together on the couch, and I
1: and I love it. And them being that when they're they're the roommate kind of and dynamic in that bond, I, I actually is a really enjoyable thing to watch. And I think it is palpable and it comes through. So, yeah. shouts out to you guys. You're all clearly right, so, friends so, in real life.
0: <laughs> so that's how we're putting a bow on um, the hour and a half that we spent talking about ourselves. Yeah. So let's let's move on to the second topic of this podcast, which is again subject near and dear to your hearts, to your wallets. Let's talk money, Ka-ching. root of all evil.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I know that here in America, salary transparency is becoming more and more important, right? We want to know how to value ourselves, how to value our work. Uh Lawrence and I, we have our monthly podcast revenue. It's pub it's a matter of public record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, Patreon. Conrad, while we wait for you know Mickey to come by, I wanna I wanna ask you, uh how much money do you make?
3: Um how
1: much money do we make? Uh, he, he's more aggressive this stuff yo sure me. for sure obviously <laughs> let's toss it over to mick pre gucci <laughs> spend how much money do you make yeah before you you blew a bag at the gucci store
2: i, don't, I honestly don't know i mean like why well, also well,
3: no like, we know we know i mean like, hundreds it's, a <laughs> no, 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 not,
1: that, no no that's
3: not that's pretty good it's pretty good that's not true I mean, <laughs> we the tax we've,
0: man's
1: listening yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, exactly he said too much is what's reported income and what do we get right. in <laughs> Well, mean, how about like, this? Did you make more money as bankers? As it stands right now right right right, to right. today. You me? No, no man. No Fuck way. no.
3: Really? <laughs> as a first year analyst, no, no, no. Right, man. right, right. But we spent I mean, like when I start, when me and Mickey started writing, we earned nothing for like right. for, forever, five, six years. Were you we on the dole? No. <laughs> I just want to, yeah. I just want to drop that sling. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's one. It's just signing on. It's really good. It's really good. How much <laughs> money,
0: how much money would you like to one day make? Cause no one wants to make a trillion dollars unless you're a psychopath like Jeff Bezos or Richard Branson or whatever you guys, your version of Elon Musk is,
1: yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> Richard, Richard, Richard Branson yeah.
0: is yeah. the is the British Elon Musk.
3: <laughs> that's a big, big downgrade. Yeah.
0: yeah, for yeah. sure. But like, what what would you guys like to kind of uh, hit and then like cruise from there? Like you're good for the rest of your life. Yeah. What's your number? Right? Everyone's got a number. I, I honestly
2: don't have one. I think it's a it's, it's what it's a mark of successful people that they don't.
3: What materially mm. changes? Like, what would you? I don't know what materially. Like, what in terms of my like the things I value and enjoy. Like, I'd have to change my taste, I think. To well, what to do you,
1: okay, so then here's a great question What do you guys currently like to spend your money on? We, we've talked a lot about like, you know, fanciful Johns, the Stone Islands, the Gucci, vintage watches, natural wine. What haven't we hit on that is like a, a passion? Okay, before before the pandemic, I, I'm a huge Liverpool fan,
3: right? And I don't have access to tickets very easily. So I have a really good guy that I use that I've known for, since I was 14 years old, and that cost me quite a lot of money. Right. Um, I guess, I guess traveling before, I mean, like going, going abroad. Yeah. Traveling. Where you like go? Not, for, not for
1: work, not to LA no, for no, work. Probably. And also
3: just like, when I go through my tax, when I'm doing my tax return, I spend like an inordinate amount of money in the pub. <laughs> and I spent, so much, I spent right. so much money on alcohol. I, you'll I,
1: never walk alone and you'll never drink alone, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
3: exactly. You got to take
0: advice from our, our boy Danny Lomas and just get the fucking two quid John Smith's ale or cider or whatever. And, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, that was, was. The,
2: when we Because obviously we, had to, we filmed the show in Cardiff, in Wales. And like, no way. Yeah, the yeah. hardest
0: partying city in the UK.
2: Yeah, I mean, like
0: Cardiff I mean, after dark. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a lot of vomiting on the street.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of, yeah. Absolutely. Just people and trash out. That's how uh, you know it's good.
0: Out. Yeah.
2: Exactly. We were, stay- we were staying in this place called Panar, which is like just outside of Cardiff. I guess it would be called a suburb of Cardiff, but maybe a, its own village as well. And like, you know, in London, you go to the pub and the pint can be anywhere between five pounds and then maybe like six pounds fifty, maybe seven pounds. And then, cardiff or Penarth, there was a pint of ale it was one pound 20 yeah i like that, that and like, yeah that was one of the best things about the place <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the one redeeming
1: factor yeah, it was, no, it was great, it. It was we, great. Loved it. we loved dollar it dollar
2: beers where do you guys
0: where, pre-pandemic where do you guys like to travel were you part of those like holiday weekend boys that would go to the greek islands and like piss on ancient statues and shit <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely man yeah, of course. yeah you got a, You got a number how did you know that's the culture l- baby I've seen Love Island <laughs>
2: yeah uh, I don't know like um, I like going places that I've never been before um, you mentioned I'm Japan we've been to 7 oh, yeah, I went to Ibiza every year of my 20s
0: but wow
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome
0: a different type of Ibiza yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, but it, but somehow it, the reason is because somehow my, my girlfriend our wife convinced her Family to spend their family holiday two weeks in Ibiza every summer, mm. and like I think it was sort of obviously there was it was we were there for a very different reason. But like
1: you know, parents can also go play tennis, I guess, and like sure. go to the beach. And like, <laughs> well, your your wife is a better uh, salesperson than Conrad ever was at his job because I don't know, I I can't convince my parents to spend fucking five bucks on me. You know what I'm saying? Let alone a free trip to Ibiza, but respect.
0: <laughs> Speaking of your uh, girl, then girlfriend, now wife. Mm-hmm. The, I assume the one that you had sex with that one time. Uh, Let's (laughs) get into meats
1: and cheeks. Oh yeah, baby.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's get, let's break it down to the age old question. Who gets more ass bankers or TV writers? And maybe Conrad, maybe this is just a question. Conrad, maybe you want to jump in here.
3: (laughs) I would say, I mean, unequivocally TV writers. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Unequivocally. Are bankers like,
0: like, Outside of the the internal banking world, our bankers despised as like fucking you know pariahs on the on the teat of society. Yeah, yeah,
2: lepers. Especially in the UK, I think like, I feel like they've sort of they've gotten away with it a little bit in the states. Like they've sort of that 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 the the, the, the dark mark of like two thousand eight has, has faded a little bit. Whereas in the UK, like I think like the the, the, the like the sort of Reactive criticism of the show was like, "Oh, bankers! I can't watch that." Hmm. And like, I think we got a bit more of a pass in the states. Uh, yeah, I think the bankers are
1: just still parodied. Is it? Let's talk about the popularity because so the show uh, premiered weekly on BBC. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. And then obviously was like dropped. I don't know if it was dropped in tranches on HBO, but they, it was it was dropped differently. The reception was definitely different in the UK than in the states, for sure, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like is that it's a weird. bummer for you guys or is, is it actually better like this way really, it got like all the like it got really good reviews
2: in the uk like from places from like the guardian gave it five stars and the daily mail oh, wow. was five stars
1: and they're from like totally different you know, parts of the spectrum yeah um they but red. people didn't but but the, res- the reception from the view like the viewership was maybe lower than you would have wanted yeah, so or the viewership was lower um i feel like the it
2: was there was a sort of like if you know you know thing in the UK. I uh, like that. That's like, sexy. I felt like i well, to be honest, I just I just I maybe because I'm living in a bubble, but I, I just got a lot of people messaging me being like, well, we have you know we had people messaging us saying people are talking about it in pubs next to us. So like uh, I'm in a coffee shop and people are debating like who they are in the, from the show. <laughs> so I feel like it's become a little bit of a cult thing. There was a show in the '90s called This Life, which has sort of had. um a massive legacy on tv in the uk which was about it was it was similar to our show in that it was about young lawyers living together and like it was showed sex in between like you know 20 somethings for the first time on british tv and it was about professional class and like you everyone was everyone's like it's the, it's the new this life and i was like well this life lasted two seasons and the life <laughs>
0: it worked again
2: so <laughs> <Right>. it's not <laughs> Um, But yeah, it's something like that. I, I I feel it's got a bit of a cult following. Um, that's why yeah. that's why we,
0: that's why we offered it up. If you want to give drop some in uh, some uh, season two nuggets, entice the people now. Forever, yes. hold, forever hold your peace. I've I've said the team comes back. Yeah, that's true. That's
3: I true. think there's a lot of actually. We've just leaned into everything that was good about season one in terms of in terms of story, in terms of performances. I don't know, man. I think it'll be. I think it's a much. Hopefully, it'll be a much stronger stronger season of TV. So we're kind of we're really excited about it.
0: I mean, we're excited Can't too. You know, and not to veer too far off the meats and cheeks red thread here. Um, you know, one of the most like visceral, amazing scenes where you're just like, "Yo, this is not TV. This is HBO." Is Hell where yeah. Robert uh, eats his own cum. So I want to <laughs> ask you guys again: This show is super informed by your own life. Who, between the two of you, whose real life experience inspired the scene where Robert slurps up his own jizz? <laughs>
3: I'm trying to think about where this... I'm trying to think about actually the where the origin of this fucking scene. No, I know. To, I know. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we were sitting at dinner with the the head
2: of the studio that made the show. And um, we were talking These about...
1: dinner conversation, naturally.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, we were talking about something that, that, you know, what is the apex of the Yasmin-Robert relationship? And we said... He should eat his own cum off the mirror. <laughs> he, he said, "Try it out." <laughs> yeah, noodle on that for a bit. Listen, and I, it took a while, for the, and I, I think they thought
1: we were joking, and then when it <laughs> appeared in, on, in script, they were like, "Oh, you were being serious."
2: Yeah, and then they, they ran
1: with it. Was like, there anything more extreme that like you had to cut, or that people <laughs> were like, "Oh, there was"? Uh, in episode, so in episode, what was it? Episode five.
2: There's a whole thing about. Um, uh, yeah, has been putting her boyfriend's cummy socks in their mm. plants, and yeah. that was really, that was
3: originally a dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh my God! All right. <laughs> yeah.
0: What What did the actor who, by the way, I DM'd him and he left me on red, or he never actually uh, accepted the DM? Um, the actor who plays Robert, I forget his name, but he's hot. Um, Harry Harry Lottie. Great. Actor. Harry Laughty. What did he, what was his reaction when he was reading the script? He's like, "I eat my cup. To be fair, I think he was all for it. I mean, like, is he a method actor?
2: Did, did he? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> He's a professional, right? Okay. What was the substance I'm sure the used? Reaction. I'm sure he had the reaction to it, but then all we knew that he was a, that is that he was a professional. True. What
0: was the substance used? Um, because you see the jizz
3: yeah. on the mirrors, like what, yeah. what, what what do you guys use? Syrup and like it was like yeah corn syrup and porridge to give it a bit of texture, a bit of thickness. But we also like we a also, bit of heath. Yeah, right.
2: A robust nut, if if you will. But you know what? We actually added to it with CGI. So we added to the load on the on the mirror, but also we added. You guys like, paid Lucas Arts
3: one million dollars. Yeah, yeah. so we, yeah. we were sending emails saying you got to, the the cum has to be slightly thicker, and there has to be, has <laughs> to be in the fingers. We don't yeah, have. Yeah. We don't know how much it costs?
1: Make sure there's webbing between the right, fingers. right, right. The viscosity and is a crucial detail. So added
2: if you look closely and you pause and you go, if you're if you've got a good TV, you can see that there's actually like cum, the webbing, as Conrad says, between his his fingers and his lips, and that's that's added.
1: Yeah, that's, that costs that costs dollars. This is why yeah. people buy 4K TVs now is to see yeah. shit
0: like this. Obviously, do you so think there's some there's some VX editor that like has that on his scene on his resume? It's like on his CV, like I did the cum scene in industry. <laughs>
2: There's another scene in Crude Intentions when they they kiss and there's the, the oh yes. Yes. yeah 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 That's that was bad, that, but he saw his
1: load yeah uh, wow damn we've come we've come here's so a mood far board. in Hollywood
0: here's a, here's a mood board for Robert
1: eating his own jizz <laughs> <laughs> yeah right wow that was uh well listen man this is why see this is why James and I podcast it's to bring these kind of nuggets the right Hollywood these, magic. these gems to crack the these not so to speak yeah
0: and not only do we love podcasting but we love spreading the joy. And allowing our groms to partake in the process. And so in this next segment, 60 seconds of thirst, we're going to throw it to chef. We're going to throw it to Don been so patiently waiting in the wings. Um, chef has popped in uh, expeditiously. That's not the right word, but uh, <laughs> chef, I'm just going to throw it to you so I can um, drink some water. Maybe have a piss. Chef, yes, 30 seconds of thirst. Thanks, man. You guys are crushing it. Um, (laughs) Thanks, bro. (laughs) Huge fan of the show. You know, lots, lots to love about it. But one of the things that you guys kind of talked about this already. um, Big fan of Rishi. I actually watched a YouTube clip of like every scene that's just that just has him in it, and it was uh, fucking amazing. And so I'm wondering, is there going to be more of him in season two? Like, is he just going to be kind of like the ad lib guy again, or is his character going to develop at all? Like, what's the uh, very good question?
3: Very good
2: question. I'm glad you like him. He's like he's like one for one based on a friend of ours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like literally one for one. Like we were gonna we were literally gonna call Rishi the friend's name, and we 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 had got cold feet at the last moment. But now we're, we're introducing an intern with the guy's name.
3: Yeah, <laughs> we might as well, well shout him out. Our friend Anraj, yeah. who like we actually got a picture of them on set together, and they look almost identical, which is so <laughs> fucking funny. But like we yeah no he he's one of our favorite characters. It's we weird. Him. It's really difficult in this show to like. He's the sort of guy like we'd love to follow, but it's so hard when you have a, a, like a multi-character uh, show to to give them enough screen time. But like he actually in season two, in our heads at least, he definitely has more story. He has more impact on certain scenes, and like all of the stuff that people love about Rishi, we actually did in post-production because like me and Mickey wrote like a, a script on top of the script, which was like a ADR script, which is so, like it's bollocks. But basically, what it means is you you record bits of audio. That you then put onto the main soundtrack, which makes the whole floor sound more dynamic and more like people are talking. So we were just like, we wrote as many jokes as we possibly could, and a lot of them ended up in the show.
0: Yeah, they're hilarious. Duncan and I were talking about how some of his best lines are just like subtitles that you see at the bottom, where like it's not exactly.
2: exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's super. It's also us unfiltered that because for some reason HBO didn't sign off on any of it. So <laughs> I think they didn't know we were doing it. <laughs>
0: Let's All right, Chef, thank you for the thirty seconds of thirst. Let's throw it over to our I don't even know if we're how anonymous you're supposed to be. Dunk. Thirty seconds of thirst. <laughs> That's fine.
2: <laughs> What's up, guys? I uh, love the show. Uh, I was telling James and Larry, this has been a lifelong dream of mine since I started watching the show four weeks ago. So <laughs> glad to be here. Um, my question for you guys is and, and, and I guess you spoke about it a little bit with Sopranos. But what are some of the uh, other like television show or movie references that that you guys helped to sort of build the show? Uh, to make it so watchable because at the end of the day, I guess it is a, you know, it's, it's a workplace drama, uh, but it's so much more than that. Like, are there any other places that you guys were pulling from, uh, that you wanted it to look like or feel like, or the relationship sort of be like, um, obviously, you know, you could go like with the finance movies that exist, but anything, anything, anything there?
3: Um, that's I, it. That's uh, the 30 seconds of thirst are good, man. These are good fucking questions. So <laughs> yeah, we, really we need raise our
1: children right, you know what I'm saying? Also, we just need a break. Like we've yeah. been fucking spitting nothing yeah. but bars for LP for guys. Yeah. Appreciate it.
2: Um I mean, like we fell really short of this, but like episode four, we wanted to feel a bit like a Safi Brothers movie. And like, you know, they would have yeah. been our ideal directors, probably, for that for that episode. And like, I mean, obviously that's pie in the sky, but like
0: you, you gotta want- hit up. The pod, the fairy pod mother, Nomi yeah. Fry. She's Nomi Fry. The, she's happy's plug. Yeah.
2: Oh, we love them. We we'll have, make that I, we'll I, make I, that I, I, link happen. I went to see this. I never never do this, but I went to see um, Uncut Ancot three times in the cinema.
1: Oh wow. Was that yeah. was that your favorite <laughs> movie of that year? Without a doubt? <laughs> what? Was that your favorite movie of what was that, 2019? 100 no, yeah. percent Those guys are
3: those guys are fucking insane, man. I mean, like I, I actually rewatched Good Time with my dad over christmas and he was like halfway through the movie he was like you showed me this before and we both had this thing where we we're like fuck we're watching it again for the second time it's like it's it's insane they're insanely good man i love that movie so much
1: chuck like, who's
0: uh chuck who's off camera right now he interviewed this safety bros um and it was a whole it was a whole thing that yeah. the, the interview was never released let's just let's just leave it yeah down. that's
1: how bad it was but it happened regardless so, so you know the, shout out to, to chuck.
3: go back to the question so like there was all that stuff so so it was like um, uh, all we love all the basically everything said in the world of finance we kind of love so like whether that's literature like American Psycho or like Margin Call Wolf of Wall Street Boiler Room even the bad movies and they're like quote unquote bad movies like
1: people think of um, Boiler Room as a B movie or whatever or what about Wall Street 2 Money Never Sleeps that I, love that, I <laughs> love that movie fucking love that I fucking <laughs> love that movie I
3: <laughs> Like we, we we have a huge respect for all of those things, and then they're like the classic workplace dramas. So like me and Mickey love writing fast dialogue that's very dense and like so like like Sorkin type dialogue. What do you or- Sorkin type dialogue? And also like a lot of people always say there's this like adage about screenwriting, which is like the best written if you can write a perfect screenplay, nobody would say anything. <laughs> that's very very true because like you should basically let the camera do everything, but. We, I, I, I fucking love, I love scenes where people are talking constantly to each other. And that might be like growing up with the West Wing and all the mm-hmm. sort of those. But like, so so we just like writing scenes where people are just popping fucking smart shit in everyone's face all the time. Jokes, weird shit, whatever. And then the, I think the weirdest influence on our work in terms of like versus like an, for like an American audience, like we like, obviously like we grew up like loving British British sitcoms. So like that goes from every that goes from like faulty towers, but classic. Like knowing the office inside out, like inside out. So like it was about trying to capture some of the weirdness and Britishness and dark humor and like you know there's a dryness to to British TV and British humor, which like sometimes I think like the 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 cliches that Americans don't get it, but I don't think that's true at all. It's like so we were trying to make the show as funny as possible as quickly Mm. as possible. So hopefully we succeeded. I have no idea.
1: fantastic answer thank you
0: do appreciate you dude thank good you to see you 30 seconds of thirst we'll see you again in six to nine months <laughs> um all right as you guys know we are a john's focused podcast first and foremost not only do we love banger shows but we love john's uh, i want to know we want to know in last john next john's little game what we want to know what was the last john you copped at full retail i don't know if you guys aren't floating yet you're not really out there, out there. You will be season you, two. You're about to be. And then what's the next John that you got your eye on that you're going to yeah. pull the trigger on? You know, uh, Mick, maybe like five minutes from now. Khan, maybe, you know, five <laughs> years from now. Yeah. So, first up, uh, Mickey, why don't you just tell us what was the last John you copped at full retail?
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought, oh, the last John I copped at. Um. Mm.
3: You know, no, you're I a weirdly know. smart shopper. Yeah, isn't I you?
2: am. I buy a lot of stuff from eBay. <laughs> Uh, and this com- this this website called Hardly Ever Worn It, which is like
1: <laughs> dead stock. Very literal named website.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm really trying to uh, – Conrad might have to go because I I might – Actually, it might be some Stone Island
1: cog Actually, no, I bought those you. Or I guess vintage counts. We always yeah. say full no, retail, but but obviously, like, if you bought a vintage thing, it was it, still did, like – if it yeah.
0: wasn't given to you, right? If it wasn't yeah, a friendship yeah. Not right, a so gift so that I a director bought, like, two dozen of form. on Alibaba <laughs> –
2: I bought a um, Montclair. Uh, this is called Wilson Puffer Jacket. A an orange Wilson uh, Montclair Puffer Jacket. Which Very is sick I absolutely you. love. I love. Right, I'm an absolute cunt walking around. <laughs> it, but like, I love it. You're well, allowed to say if, that because if, if it doesn't
1: work out, you can rent it out like your boy did. You know, <laughs> you just making a little extra. And what's the next thing you want to get, Mick? You know? Um, you know what Uh um, Gucci? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it might be. Is
0: it Gucci uh, Mickey Mouse sneakers? <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh. Uh. No, I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say something else that I, I was given. Actually, no, that doesn't work then. Gucci on the like, face. Yeah. <laughs> actually, no, I looked at that and I thought, fuck. I actually looked at it, it was like, that's obviously it's very hard to get. and I looked at me, sure. But like, fucking, hell, I'm. i really gonna pull the trigger on this. I, I even like the the, the, the the sort of devil on my shoulder saying, <laughs> my wife. So, do not buy that was very strong that moment i thought like it's gonna like i could see it in two years in a cupboard somewhere not <laughs> sure I'm probably
0: please do 100%. not spend twelve thousand dollars on this ass puffer your child well i guess they don't need to they don't need money for school because you live in a, a um, advanced society yeah
2: i don't know i really don't know what i want
0: next all right con what was the last john you copped
3: well man, i arrived two days ago i <laughs> i bought a little piece of summer oh, I, yeah. bought, I bought something for my future self which was
1: a um This is the plot of tenant, by the way.
3: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, there should be more Smithsonian tenant. I bought like a Missoni <laughs> shirt, Like it was a just, like a resort shirt? Like a f like a bowl, like a camp collar bowling shirt. Love I, that. And it, seemed, it was like it was I think it was actually it was like half price. I couldn't believe it was so cheap. And it was sold out everywhere. And then I found it on this like retailer in the UK called flannels. And then I just... I don't know. It arrived, I put it on and I was like, okay. COVID will be over soon. And it'll Save this good. for
1: Ibiza. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to single-handedly solve this pandemic crisis so that you could wear this bowling shirt. That's exactly what went through my yeah. head. How did you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, besides the Rolex, what's the next thing that that you have your eye on? Or want, the, the vintage watch, whatever it may be. I want um, some... Uh, I want some.
3: What I don't know how you pronounce this brand, but you guys actually worked with them, the Italian brand DMA. DM, DMA.
1: DMA. Yes, of yes, course. We'll, oh, we'll, oh, dude, we'll get you flow free. Flow. Say no, less. We're gonna sh- get you free shit. Say less. No,
3: man, I really want those. They have those um, those boots. They're not. What are they? They're called like I want to say focaccia, but that's an Italian brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: called the papa. Mamma mia. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the meatball the meatball twos. Yeah. <laughs> they're,
3: like these, <laughs> they're like these black hiking boots basically. And they they're really 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 really. Bro, nice. their like, shit
1: is named like like carpaccio and yeah. fucking it's all Asiago. Like, <laughs> yeah, the Asiago boots too. Eggplant well, parmesan. Yo, honestly say less. We're going to put you in touch with uh with our boy Chris and he's going to get you those boots. Well, we'll Bolo, no. For both Chris Corrado, no relation yeah. to Uncle Junior.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, no, please (laughs) hook me up because I go on their website every day and everything's out of stock. Dude, Dude, listen, say less. We're going to make it happen for you. We
0: scratch your back or you scratch our back. We get a cameo on industry. Exactly. We can make that happen
3: easily.
2: You can pay for your own flight. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, all right. (laughs) We'll put you up. Yeah, you can have a
0: drink at us. Okay. We can party in Cardiff. Say less. Very with it. All right. (laughs) Industry, best show 2020. If you don't know about it, If you haven't been seduced by the very vague details of industry season two, get the fuck on board. Yeah, the extremely vague. (laughs) You guys are clearly putting out some of the best creative content in the world right now. Absolute fire fits, fire johns. Both in the show and IRL, so we want to know. In this segment, we call "fuck with not fuck with." It's a working title. It's our not an exit. Right, we're still working on the title. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to know what you're fucking with, what you're not fucking with. Specifically, what TV shows right now that are on right now in 2020 or 2021? What
1: are you fucking with right now? Besides industry, all the shit that's not as good as besides the best show. Besides the best show on TV, industry. All right. Right. So once we've once I've crushed industry, what should I watch?
2: Um, The Real Housewives of Potomac. Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: really? Potomac,
0: not Salt Lake City. Yeah, Salt Lake so, City is right, the one that's want, having a moment right now. Salt Lake City as well. It's only because,
2: basically, obviously, we're in a lockdown, and I just, I can't watch. I don't know why, but just like during the process of making this show, I've just been unable to, I've started again, but I've been unable to watch scripted TV. <laughs> mm. <laughs> is, is that well? because
1: you don't want to be influenced by it, other it's things? Or?
2: everything all the time. And, like, you just want, like, easy, you know, like double screen stuff, and oh, like watched- background noise or whatever, ambient TV, exactly, exactly. And like my wife, who was pregnant, started watching Rural Housewives of Beverly Hills. So we watched all of that, and I watched mm. all of New York, and I watched Potomac and Salt Lake at the same time, and they're really good.
1: Actually, you're on a and transcontinental I- trip across yeah, across the really, yeah.
2: I think they really do something that we do in our show, which is like, and all reality TV shows do, because obviously they're they're in quote unquote real. That they 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 play of your allegiance to the characters all the time. So like you know, they, you know, and what, from one episode to the next, they are like, okay, well you're gonna love this person this week, right?
1: Okay? And like, it's like it's wrestling. Only- the, the editors are the real superstars on that show because, like, yeah, it's the the way that they manufacture those storylines is absolutely is fucking is the ex- Real Housewives
0: easy. is the Real Housewives Empire is that really the only reality TV that you like? Because also, I mean, British reality TV. Let's talk about that. That shit love is Love Island, the obviously. Rails. Yeah, Love yeah. Island. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I remember Love Island last season was just starting when me and Conrad had just moved to Wales. To like and like that is actually like a cultural phenomenon here. Like yeah. everyone talks about it. Like you cannot get away from it. Like it's there's WhatsApp groups. There's just like there's like there's like like like, like the big broadsheets are talking about it. Like so it feels like you can't really escape that. I I've sort of fallen back in love with reality TV this year.
0: Did you ever watch um a show that took place in Cardiff called The
3: Hills?
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The valley. The valley. The valley. I mean, yeah. I mean that was that that that. <laughs> They really showed the ass end of the country in that. I think that people I really, loved it. And
3: they had a Welsh version of Jackass as well, which I can't remember the name of. Uh, Dirty Sanchez. Dirty Sanchez. Which was <laughs> the truth of the... When you're asking for TV recommendations, is like, the truth is, there's never been more TV, and it's never been less good. Mm. That's, mm. The, that's the truth. Like, there's so much just what you guys would call ass TV. Yeah, yeah
0: sure. And you would it's call like, it fanny. A lot of yeah. shitty TV, <laughs> just like
3: mediocr- <laughs> just absolute mediocrity, like just shit, silly. Is there I mean,
0: anything? I- is there anything dropping besides season two? Um, you know, in the next year or so, that you are excited for? Dude, Better
3: Call Saul Better Call is Saul. the best Saul. thing on TV by the yeah. mile. Okay. I just, need to go. watch season five.
1: Yeah, that's what everyone says. I mean, obviously, James and I are huge Breaking Bad guys, but I think that we definitely could get into Better Call. Oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm it. into oh, it. it bro. I'm into it, brother.
0: It's just that I don't have like AMC Plus, whatever. But
3: they're all on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. phenomenally good. I mean, yeah. uh, the thing is, that stuff that stuff really stands out. I think, like, I um, I, I you know, you look at people's top ten lists. Like, I, the, for me, that was that was so clearly the best show of the of yeah. last year. And every basically every year it's aired. It's like a weird show because it creeps up on you. But every year it's aired, it's like this is so obviously the craft is is such a high level compared to everything else that like, you can't not like it. Absolutely.
1: Speaking of a show like that, that's such a vehicle for um, Bob Odenkirk, who's like a legend, like who is someone that you, each of you, is there a cameo or, you know, that someone you would die to have in even just like a scene on the show? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, I Ian Conrad Conrad wrote this, wrote this film called Gregor, which no one can ever see because it's just, it's incredibly offensive and will kill our careers. but um sounds thing, like a must can we watch release, it? Can we it? Yeah. release
1: it behind the paywall yeah we'll, we'll, we'll drop it on patreon <laughs> starring
2: me and james but we did like a press pack which obviously you have to do a press pack for a film i don't think anyone read this press pack but like i think my wife interviewed us and we talked about the fact that like jonah hill is probably the best modern day actor and that we'd like one in anything so like him
1: uh we it, really- it happen yeah. I mean, weirdly, that's our guy. That's our close personal celebrity friend. We'll hit him we up. Him. We absolutely love him. Yeah. we
3: like. He I'm, bumped into us at a dinner once when we were in LA and he, he, he was very, very nice to us. And we kind of remember it forever. Yeah. He didn't, he was with, he knew the person we
2: were with and he couldn't I mean, have been nicer. And like, he could have been like not nice at all. And he was
1: incredibly nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, a good, it's a good vibe. We also He's want, the only real celebrity that's ever done this podcast. He's done it twice.
2: What about us? Yeah.
1: No, no, no. Real, real famous people. You heard no, me, right? I didn't know if the inner, if they cut out or something. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Not
3: these chances. No, these chances. Not these shit bags. The, um, the, the other, the guy. There are a lot of actually. There are actors that we really want for season Steven two.
2: Stephen. Good- well. Stephen Gutenberg. Oh, really? Come
3: on, right? led It's really
2: weird. Like, well, we were thinking there's a specific role, and we were like. Just thinking about fantasy casting, and I don't know why I said Steve Gutenberg, but Conrad responded to it. But yeah, yeah I, I don't even know it. if he's
3: acting I loved anymore. It. We want Tracy Letts to be in the show as well. So if he, if he, if he listens, like Tracy, come on, please. I don't think Tracy Letts is listening.
1: But Steve Guttenberg,
0: huge throw gang. So don't we got that? He had an amazing cameo in Party Down. On an, there's a whole episode at his crib. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about an aspect of the show that I think peop- some people do talk about, and I'm completely blanking on the guy who does the score for industry. What's his name, real quick, so we can shut him out? Nathan McKay. Nathan McKay. That guy kind of fucking rules. Killed the music you. on this show. This was another um, point that I think I focused on too much when I was initially selling Lawrence on it. I was like, the music is so gas. The score is like, I'm getting fucking K Pax vibes, even though Kevin Spacey's you know out the fucking paint here.
1: Um, yeah. K, well, you're getting K, welcome to K-Pax vibes? Yeah. From the score? But, uh, All right. I mean, that's a very specific. <laughs>
0: the original score, Super Gas, and then the music throughout is super yeah. fire. I put up, because I was re-watching, because, you know, I, that's my job, is to fucking research for the show, I guess. And so I was re-watching, and I put up, like, um one of the tracks on my IG story, and I got so many responses. People were like, yo, industry, yeah, this is the shit, this is the shit. And the guy had, like, 10,000 Spotify listeners. The music on the show is big fire, so we want to know what music are you guys currently fucking with right now
3: he's too old to ask us that question yeah well Well, how involved are you with the music on the show i actually have an answer for this um juice jackal that's that's what i put up the swan lingo song at the end of three that he collaborated on with juice jackal he sent me sent me and mickey a previous album that's coming out this year he's a fucking lovely positive guy we dm each other quite a lot and his fucking music is amazing. He's
2: also the cable guy. which we
1: didn't, Yeah, he's also the cable guy understand. on Instagram, which we didn't know when we. When we That's did. the cable guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. That's him. They're the same. Shout dude. out the cable guy. He also was promoting uh industry for the fitties, obviously to 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 no avail. But uh, the, yeah, we yeah. right? tried. We <laughs> tried. i out. I'm I'm genuine, he's fantastic. I, I think, genuinely. Did we just exposed the cable guy, which I guess is like a nice little Easter egg. I don't know if he's like because yeah. I don't think anyone knows who he is, right? Or
2: um he's great i mean just dip set all day every day
1: oh hell yeah dude <laughs> do you have a dip favorite set. member of Dipset? is it or who's your favorite outside of cameron uh hell rail probably oh <laughs> wow deep cut dude yeah <laughs> we get some free dip- freaky ziki if he's not out yet you know i know I mean? you
0: guys are you know you have music supervisor can we get some dip set on season two
2: man but so like well our music supervisor shout out to ollie ollie white who's just like incredible he found nathan actually um he is has a sort of encyclopedic knowledge of music for all genres. And like he's the one, you know, it wasn't, a, you know, for HBO terms, it wasn't a very big budget show. So we were sort of forced to find people who maybe hadn't made it as much yet. And he found incredibly, incredible music
0: for, you know, not that much money. Yeah. So, which is which is really good. I feel like the the biggest artist maybe had been like 070 Shake former colleague. Mike yeah, yeah.
3: I don't understand how she's not bigger in the U S and globally. It makes no sense to me at all. I guess he's a awesome.
1: problem. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, so don't ask me. It's not my problem anymore.
0: That's
1: that's head uh, up to the heads at Def Jam. You know, that's yeah. on them. <laughs> Blood is on their hands?
0: All right, guys. Um, look, before we kick you out of here and get started on the afters, which is, by the way, I forgot to mention that, but after we end this episode, we're going to do like 15, 20 minutes of bonus content. Uh, so no, mentally prepare yourself for that behind the paywall. Conrad knows what I'm talking about. I know Conrad subscribed to the Patreon. I saw you sign up about three or four weeks ago when we first started talking. Oh. Mick, I know that you just had a kid and you have uh, the whole Gucci budget. So I'm not holding yeah. you
1: to that. But uh, thank you, yeah, Conrad. Mick, after You're... you follow me back on all social media platforms, yeah, then you, you can, can sign up for the I, Patreon. I didn't, I didn't see that you followed me. I obviously remember follow you back.
0: I followed you first, so you know it's fine. Um, we're gonna we'll get it. We'll, we'll some, get it sorted. Don't even worry. <laughs> we're gonna pitch you off, Mike, and Lawrence is gonna thirst for a follow off, Mike, even more so than he just embarrassed himself doing. Uh, but so look, I'm not embarrassed if, at all. You guys are doing great, right? Smash HBO show season two greenlit. Uh, you quit your jobs. You're pursuing your dreams. You have mad expensive clothing on um we want to offer you up some constructive criticism because we always think that people can do better right take it or leave it this is an outsider perspective we are the harpers coming to your world right this is a you know we're not held back by obligations of class we're not these fucking chin henry's or whatever they're called um (laughs) take it or leave it uh first up get me and larry onto season two cameos on the show specifically in a party scene top five party animals of all time robert Chris Farley, James Harden, <laughs> Jimmy, Larry. Yeah. Make yeah. <laughs> magic happen.
3: No,
1: that's, yeah. like, yeah. that's easy. the that's so method act the fuck <laughs> out of that. That's so simple. No easy. props. Next. No, no, okay. no, no, no fake drugs. <laughs> no. no props. Let's move on. Okay, perfect. Easy. All Done. Right. Bo- box checked. All right. That's next HBO. One. You heard uh, it arguably even more important than giving us cameos we've talked about getting you know extremely successful people on the pod budding celebrities uh can you guys hook us up with the creators of succession and get them on the podcast i think they're a bit busy to be honest yeah yeah. (laughs) is there rivalries between like the other h like now that you guys are in the uh, hbo family
2: it's actually weird because actually um bad wolf the production company that makes um uh, industry. Their CEO is also an executive producer in Succession. So oh. there, is,
1: there is actually a sort of. So uh, you can get us the creators on the podcast, is what you're saying? You can make. No, they won't respond to our emails. <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> no, no, no. They're
3: serious okay. individuals. They're serious <laughs> right,
1: right. They're not trying to destroy their career before it gets started, a la exactly. YouTube jackals. Right. Got
0: Let it. me just say this though: Um, we are pretty confident that the podcast boots are going to appear in Succession season three. And so, if you want to play with the big boys in the fucking you know Premier League or whatever you guys call it over there, the uh, League, yeah. get the pod loafers on season two of Industry. Make sure that that happens too. That's not as well. We can
2: do that. Yeah, we can Perfect. do that. Perfect.
0: Cool. Alright, this is kind of related. Um, I mean, the, the, I'm a genius, right? I'm a visionary. <laughs> like my man, MF Doom, RIP. Um, I got big picture. You know, the whole universe. I, I, I'm ten steps ahead of you. This whole reason that we brought you on the pod, not just to find out when the merch is dropping, but ultimately, it's for throwing fits to take next steps Let's link and build and make the throwing fit show happen. Dead silence. Balls in your <laughs> court, the industry guys. What the Balls, Balls on your pitch, I believe is the term. As well uh, it's as not it's a, a question. question it's constructive yeah. criticism. Make the throwing fit show.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 It's more of an order. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Who would play you yeah. guys? Yeah.
0: Who would play you? Jonah
1: Hill would play Lawrence. Yeah, I could do Jonah Hill, um, the greatest actor of all time. The only guy who's up to the task, to be honest. Who as far far is as James- a half Asian actor? There's got to be some like hot guy on TikTok
0: or something, right?
3: Yeah, I was yeah,
1: thinking yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, let's get Jonah Hill and a hot guy from TikTok <laughs> for our show. Let's do that. That that sounds like a winning combo. <laughs> they they went well together those two. Yeah, Absolutely. well jo- Jonah can work well with anyone as proven by doing this podcast two times, so you Absolutely. know, he can really do it all. Um finally, the last piece of constructive criticism for you guys, um take it or leave it, but please continue to take it. I'm going to uh, take one can take you- this one can you intro us to some of your finance friends and can we secure some juicy angel investment for the only podcast that matters? James and I want to buy Stoney and Gucci and vintage Rolexes too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, yeah, (laughs) okay, all right, cool. If you haven't burned all those bridges, obviously, like he knows a lot of money, a lot of money in media these (laughs) days. Am I right? I guess if there's any bridge that you'd like to burn that hasn't been burned yet, that could be obviously something to kind of that'll really stoke the flames by pitching this. The one life left. (laughs) Yeah, there we go, dude. Love that. Game over. All right, Mickey
0: Conrad. Thank you for coming on the only podcast that matters. Before we get into the afters and end this episode, where. Can the 18 million listeners listening at home follow you guys? Let's get these guys a respectable number of ID followers. Uh, mm-hmm. Conrad, you go first.
3: Um, I'm at Conrad K O N R A D and then M and then K- M for Max, then K A Y.
1: On Conrad- all M-K platforms.
3: Okay. Yeah, on all platforms. On, on Instagram, Twitter, I'm, I can live without having followers on Twitter.
0: You're a good, t- okay. you're a good. You're a good follow on Twitter, Mick. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. too. Also, mix a uh, another fire follow on Twitter, Uh Mick. Where can the kids um, follow you? I'm at m
2: m a down d o w n. I was about to say my email address. But... <laughs> <laughs> What's your social security number? you yeah, have I those can in England. <laughs> Um, it's a bit like man down, but instead of it's, it's sort of M-A-N, it's M-N-A. And then down opposite of up. Right. We'll tag uh, you
1: guys in all will promo because uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys might want better branding as, uh, as co-creators of only the best show on TV right exactly. now. So. All right, yo, but for real, thank you guys for coming Thanks, on guys, the podcast rock.
0: matters. Conrad, Mickey, thank you again. Chef, take us out with that good juicy jackal
3: see you now Wish you call Any day never more. No, no, no Later on Later on Pass it on Then you wait See you wait For yourself Everything that you need Build a path Build a way You know me Someday
0: can be everything, everything.